Hey there, before we get started, just wanted to let you all know, Games of the Decade list. We need your list by May 10th. So if you want to figure out how to do that, head on over to the, to the Sliders and Socks forums, go into the Interactive Digital Entertainment Software forum, click on Rhett's topic at the top, and learn how you can do that. Again, May 10th. That's where that, that is the deadline. We're not moving it anymore. We gotta get this damn thing done. Soon it'll be the next decade, and then we'll have to do another. That'd be real bad. Maybe we'd be the slowest website in the history of websites. So don't make us the slowest website in the history of websites, and go ahead and get us your Game of the Decade list by May 10th. On with the show. Welcome to Soxcast, episode 115. If you want to know why we're in such a, a mood, uh, tune in, stay tuned after the podcast is over to find out what happened before the show. Uh, it was just a little long. It was it, it ran a little long for it to be an intro, so just stick around after the game over and you'll you'll find out where that, that, that energy came from. But yes, welcome to episode 115, brought to you as always by Moon Pies. Moon Pies, now available at Honker Burger near you. All right, we got some important news to pass along to everybody. We've made a decision, a, decision. a very big decision about lists. Game of the game of the decade. We've 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 kept this thing going for a while now, and it's time we kind of put an actual date on it. We pushed it back a little bit because of the whole you know quarantine thing happening around the world. Yeah. But, <laughs> but but I think it's time that like, we finally started to commit to a date. Um, we would kind of like to have everybody's game of the decade lists in by May tenth. Uh, that gives you another three weeks or so uh, to get things yep. taken care of. Uh, I I think that's more than fair. I think that's good. We've 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 we've, we've had this thing going for what two or three months now uh, on the on the forum. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, and the I, I, need I, need a, I need a deadline so I can actually finish I it. Do Otherwise, too. I will not. Yeah. It was originally going to be like early April, and then you know mid March things uh, took a turn. Yeah. Worldwide. Yeah. Things. It, and I. Up. Certainly did not feel like doing my list. I was like, "Well, nobody else does." Except exactly. Polly. But yeah, we're we're gonna want those posted on the forum around May tenth. Uh, if somebody could be so kind cool. as to grab the link and throw it in chat, that would be cool. If if there's anybody out there uh, in in chat land who is there anybody out there? I'll do is it. There, is there anybody out there? Do you know if there's anybody out there? I, I hope there is. I hope there is. Or we're or we're doing this for nothing. Who are we doing this for? If not for other people and their adulation. Of course, we're all we're all in this for the we're all in this for the fame. Exactly, exactly. So to my immediate virtual right, banging on a trash can, drumming on a street light, it's Rhett. Hello. Hey. Hey. Present. Hey. hey. <laughs> you just fucking. Are, are you I'm I'm here. <laughs> Whatever. No, <we're> <laughs> 
Rhett's just kind of had this entire energy since we started the call of just, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Like, he's here. Hi, I'm here. We assume that he is here and that he's not just like... I'm saying words. We assume I'm that here. He, yeah, he's... Good job. Good job. Doom Shotgun, thank you for the subscription. Much appreciated. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I would ask if you're ready for a podcast, but I don't think that that's really the question to be asking you right now. I think the question is, how high are you? Zero. I don't smoke. You sound real high today. Just Swear to God. Yeah, you're just... Never. You're just real out of it. I'm real just kind of fucking dissociated. <laughs> You're just ready to be done with, with went, social interaction. Remember, on the on the last podcast, I was like, I have to go back to work. Why the fuck are they making me go back to work? So I went back to work, <laughs> and I basically blasted Simple Gear music in my headphones for two weeks straight. Damn. That and just that pulled me through it. I just allowed you to punch your way through two yep. hard weeks. Of, literally. That literally. Cool. Yeah. That's right. Just see. head down. Put the tunes on. Just throwing fists that. wildly. <laughs> Do I meet virtual left? One little voice is calling him, calling him. It's John Fire. Hi. Hey. You sound I'm you sound a little more ready for a, a podcast. <laughs> I I I need. I had some. <laughs> Sorry, June posted June posted <laughs> part of their list in the chat. Oh, oh boy, here we go. Oh, that's, nice. that's a good one. Wow! All right. um, but I'm high on life. <laughs> Good thing to be high on. And the company of my friends. And getting and getting bad with friends about video games. You have... <laughs> Not actually. Wait, wait. You have friends you talk about video games with? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. On Twitter. Huh. Weird. I mean, I know we talk about video games with you, but then you said you had friends that you talked about video <laughs> games with. <laughs> John's high on Silas twists. There you like, go. John's go. high on Silas twists. Of which there are a lot. There are a lot. That game goes. They're pretty juicy. That game goes, man. Yep. Pretty good. It's pretty good. So, Rhett! I'm going to wake you right back up. We're throwing it right. See? Hi. You thought I was going to start with John, the way we were getting all chummy there and talking about Silas. Mm -hmm. And you were ready yeah. for it. And you were like, all thought... right, time to go take a fucking nap. I thought so, too. <laughs> but it's fine. I want to wake right up too. Yeah, we need to get. Come it's on, right? Get your head in the game. We got a podcast. My to head's do. here. Get you, get you, get your head in the game. Gotta get you, get you, get you, get you. I've seen a lot of High School Musical content on the feed the last couple of weeks, and it's oh, been geez. nice. I'm sorry. <laughs> I tweeted some. I, nobody, nobody appreciated the the High School Musical Fate Stay Night mashup I posted. I don't. But, I don't appreciate any Fate Stay Night um, content whatsoever. So you appreciate it. So you appreciate the High School Musical content. You just don't like it being mixed with. Oh yeah, that, Paul, absolutely. that's not true. You love it when I certain some certain fake girls in your DMs. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Send me all of your shooting doji, please. Yep. I don't know who the character is. Don't give a fuck. Don't want to know. <laughs> I don't I, know who shooting doji is. And she's I've got a, a bunch look. Of fake she's got a look. We'll just say yep. that. The look is called not many clothes. Yeah, the look is called not a whole lot of clothing. That's my that's my that's the Ishtar look, and I'm a fan. Mm, mm. Yeah, the Ishtar look too. is pretty good. I keep thinking she's Tosaka though. I, I mean, I mean she, she is. Oh, she's she she's intentionally the same oh. design. She's a different person, but uh, man, I don't know the. I that we're literally well. out of design so quick. Bring back the famous one and just make her naked. 
just the same as all of the the saber faces, but they did. That's what I realized. Like they have just relied on those three original character designs for the girls many yeah. times because they, they did Ishtar, who is just Rin, and then they did uh, the, the blonde six, Ishtar. Then there are like six and or then, seven Sakuras that live on the moon. This, there's like the Sakura Five or something, yeah. BB, <laughs> and a bunch of others, and they have different breast sizes. That's the difference. My fucking head is just <laughs> I can feel parts of my skull starting to crack with the pressure that is being that is being that is being provided from the information that has entered my ear holes directly because I'm wearing earbuds just a saber basically what you need, all you need to know about the extended fate universe is that it's all just kind of building off the strength of that initial great story <laughs> and that everything is just kind of riding off of that sweeping success Two billions of dollars. Yup. My favorite character is the saber face who wants to kill all saber faces, but she herself is a saber face. Mysterious heroine X. Maybe mysterious heroine X alter. I can't remember. I think it's just okay. There is there is an alter version of her. Oh my god! (laughs) I can't even. What in the world? I played a video game. You played a video game, right? People do that. Yeah, I'm playing the hot new. I'm playing the hot new release of the week, twice in a row. Whoa! Nice. Look at you. You are like on fucking top, Mr. Modern that... Gamer himself. Got an Animal Crossing update last for week. Hmm. You're gonna just talk about all the new things that have happened in Animal Crossing, right? That's all the content on the internet. You right ruined now. my joke. John, <laughs> I was gonna say. Last Damn week it. I was playing Animal Crossing, and this week I'm still playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> nice. How's There's life? Really not a whole lot to say about that, though. I've been playing the Final Fantasy VII remake. Hey! That's hard because everybody's really managed to say a lot. I literally just got that today. It is installed. I, can we get Excellent. this podcast over with, please? Uh, this, this is Polly Energy. It's like you motherfuckers. So I'm very happy you got it, Polly. Yes. Yes. I'm so happy for you. You really, you were just, <laughs> yeah, you I could feel your pain through the internet. You were just like <laughs> suffering from the lack of Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Continue, Rick. It is wild when I think though that like stuff like Advent Children is like closer to the original Final Fantasy VII than it is to <laughs> the remake. Now. That's wild as fuck. Yeah. I told, I told people that um, I saw Advent Children as a kid before playing all of Final Fantasy VII, which is... What? And, and then I... And guess what? There's a lot of 20-somethings who went through the same experience. How do you... How do you even begin, like pick up Final Fantasy VII Advent Children and having never played the game, how do you make any sense? I mean, not because... because I mean, how do you even make... Not that there's much I, sense I, to I, be made of that movie since 80% of it is one action scene, but... The... The, basically, the pop culture osmosis that you all put into the internet of how fucking cool Sephiroth was. I didn't do that because I don't think Sephiroth's cool. <laughs> Sephiroth's very cool, Polly. Come on. Um, Is this one of those, when he, you're, if you're idolizing him, you're missing the point You're doing characters. it wrong, yeah. No, it's not that he's like a good person. It's that he's really fucking Obviously. cool. Obvious. He, he's has, like, cool he like, you know, he's he has cool factor. He's got a good factor. fucking theme song. Yeah, he he's, does. Yeah, he has yeah, he does. those chosen... He has two amazing all-time theme songs. Um, and obviously he's full of shit, and that's like part of the... He's like that archetype. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like I, I walked over red. What was... I forget what the point was. What, oh, yeah, because um, because y'all y'all told us how cool Sephiroth was, and we were like, yeah, this is... he's 
he's a cool meme. Let's enjoy this. Oh, he's in this movie. We should watch this movie. I remember specifically asking somebody who had watched Evan Children. I said, is Sephiroth in it? I've heard he's cool. <laughs> and then I watched it, and then oh it turned out he was God. in it. And that was, that was the... This was middle school. <laughs> you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even remember why he is in it. Yeah! Because like, Kadaj, he's him at Kadaj, the end of that game. Kadaj absorbs the Genova head. Oh my god. Oh and, god. Yeah. And a Chief's reunion. Because yeah. that's what... He was like a leftover... Like all those little shadows of Sephiroth. He was yeah, like a uh-huh. leftover one of those, right? You know what? You know what my Advent Children experience was? I got a UMD of it with my PSP oh back my in the day, God. and I just watched the UMD. Oh! I watched I Final Fantasy VII Advent Children in its intended format. <laughs> I think, actually, I had more friends that knew about Sephiroth from Kingdom Hearts right, than I had right. played Final Yeah, see, that one at least makes sense, because Kingdom Hearts was the first of something. Yeah. Just the movie being a sequel is so weird Yeah, that that was where you'd start. Yeah. I'm sorry for interrupting, Rad. Continue. Well, I was just talking, thinking about how they've they've been building up to like a Final Fantasy VII thing like this for ages. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. first there were the movies, and you know the spinoff games that I've never played any of them. Mm-hmm. You know, mainly Dirge of Cerberus and Crisis Core. There might be others, right? Mm. Before and then there Crisis was that for phones, which never came out here. But yeah, and then <laughs> I remember that game. It being like, wow, there's a video game for phones in Japan. Wild. Like, before the iPhone, when Japanese phones were, like, way ahead of ours. Yeah. I remember hearing about After Years and being like, oh, no, we'll never get to play this Final Fantasy IV sequel because it's only on phones in Japan. And then, they're re-releasing it on WiiWare. And then, oops, it's bad. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's really boring. Oh, no. It's so crappy. Oh, Oh, no. no. This is just wretched. Maybe before Crisis is better? Who knows? Mm. Right, continue. Anyways, and then... When the PS3 came out, they remade like the first thirty seconds of the Final Fantasy VII. Goddamn tech demo! demo. Mm. It's weird. I don't know if the tech demo now is closer to the original game or the remake, Mm -hmm. but it's funny that when you start the remake, it's that scene again, and it looks even better. Nice, Mm. nice. They've just redone that one shot like a million times. It's a real good shot. I think they even use. I think they even call back to that shot in Final Fantasy XIII's opening. Mm. God, I see. I haven't played thirteen. Does that game have? The, does that game have like the best like first minute of like a, of a long form game? God, it's real good. Final Fantasy VII, probably. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's real really, good. Really well done. Just that mm-hmm. that camera sweeping into the city, the cuts to the train. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so for nineteen ninety seven having like the, the, oh my god, having the 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 the, 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 the technical know how. To, to put together a scene like that for a video game and like having the ability to direct it that well, it's just kind of mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So right. <laughs> we keep doing so, that. We keep going. We keep No, it's going. fine. It's fine. It's cool. It's I thought just, I... this game is difficult to talk about because so much of it is just couched in, hey, remember Final Fantasy Seven? Like, <laughs> like I'm it here is just, for that. Like I, I did not realize yeah. I did not realize how connected to Final Fantasy VII I was mm. until like the final week waiting for this game to come out. Like, and then it was just I like mean, I started feeling yeah. everything bubbling up from when I played that game, and it's just mm-hmm. like I was just stuck in this week of 1997. 
and I haven't even played the game yet. And it was just like, oh, God, I need this bad, don't I? Oh, man. They're getting us just like... They're getting like even the most, even like the most like cynical people I see on Twitter yeah. are still like kind of like mm, this game's th- this pretty game, good. This game's heart seems in the right place. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. It's funny. So there's been two remakes lately. There mm-hmm. was the Resident Evil Two remake, and then last year, and then this one. Mm-hmm. Where once they were announced and like seemed like they were on the right track, I just went totally media dark on them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like I didn't look up any footage or anything of this game or. RE2. Mm-hmm. So I just I get this game and like it wasn't until I like had it in my hand that I had that same kind of reaction Polly did of like oh, oh my god oh my god it's here and it's like finally I happening love Final Fantasy Seven me hmm? oh my god I fucking love Final Fantasy Seven yeah I kind of <laughs> realized that like I'm starting it up and like five seconds in getting tears in my eyes like oh oh this really did mean way more to me than I thought. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, like, I did not realize. Like, I knew that it was something I wanted to play. I didn't yeah. realize it was something that I needed until it was, like, yeah. I, until I, like, there are streamers and, and YouTube people that I followed that got it yeah. early and were allowed to post video, and then I saw mm. those videos popping up, and it wasn't fear of missing out. It was, oh, my God, it's 1997 again. I literally <laughs> feel like I want to throw on Metallica's Reload album because that's what I was listening to when I grinded in that game. <laughs> so it's just, it's wild having, it's, so the big thing about this is that it's only part of the game. <laughs> like, it's just the Midgar yeah. section, which is wild. But it's blown out and to, to, to such a really cool degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like when I say they're make, remaking this game in like exquisitely loving detail, it always has to kind of I think be couched in they're remaking part of it. Mm. We don't know. We don't know if they succeed yet because it's not done yet. Yeah. But it's also they're remaking Midgar. <laughs> yeah, the kind of the best part. Yeah, like Midgar. Like I think that latter day Final Fantasy VII conversation has really turned to about how really cool and relevant mm-hmm. that first arc of the game is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and this and this game just being that and letting them focus on that, like I'm it's very so cool. fucking here for it. Yeah, it's a good. It's kind of a good. It's a cool choice. Like you can you can blow that up and make yeah. the whole game. Yeah, like I think you can make the argument that the Nibelheim stuff is yes. like as excellent. Yes. or more or like the best part. Yeah. Um. But then do you mean do you mean like the flashback right after you first get out of the town? The flashback and then the and then the payoff to the flashback in this too. Yeah. yeah. Just like all the, and then the Midgar stuff. That's sort of my, that sort of encapsulates, that's why I don't think, that's why I don't like the, oh, the game gets, is only good on Midgar. And like, no, there's Nibelheim. Yeah. No, like, it, it's but, not. No, yeah. there are but lots Midgar's of really this great. part, I get that. Yeah. I get what you mean. I remember seeing months ago, like, this doesn't have anything to do with the current game. Just somebody saying, like, their way of doing it would be just to cold open the second part mm-hmm. with the Nibelheim flashback. Yeah. Like, don't even have them, like, start the flashback and go into the town and stuff and rest at the oh, end. That's just juicy. start with it. Oh, that's tasty. Just start with it, like, Cloud and Sephiroth on the truck yes, or something. It's a Holy col- shit. the coldest of See, fucking opens, dude. Oh, that man. would be a lot. Oh, man. <laughs> but I don't know how this one ends because yeah. I'm not there yet. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even there in it, and I still really love Final Fantasy VII. 
<laughs> John's like shit. It's infectious. It's starting oh, like you're already you're getting you're getting Final Fantasy VII brain poison <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm like biting my finger. Like, oh wait, wow. gotta, gotta finish these other RPGs. <laughs> also, I just played like four RPGs. I don't. Yeah. Well, this one's weird because it's because it's an action it's a, game. It's right? a hybrid. It's not really an action game either, though. Like okay. the com. So the. I think hopefully Polly doesn't bounce off this game because of the combat because it is a strange watched, combat system. I've watched enough of the combat system to know that I'm I'm pretty okay with what it's doing. Mm-hmm. And I think at the very least you could just dial it down yeah. to easy or yeah. the command mode. It looks fine. Mm-hmm. Of, like I yeah. know that it's sort of built on Final Fantasy 15 in a way, um, mm-hmm. but um, kind of I think it's a lot better than that. yeah yeah. Right? I, that's what I specifically asked like multiple friends who played a bunch of it was like. Is it better than Final Fantasy XV's fighting? And I universally got yes, definitely, yes, definitely. Yes. It's definitely better than Final Fantasy XV's fighting. Yeah, because fifteen, cool. it's like Cloud will kind of, or anybody you play as, will kind of lock onto enemies and kind of get close to them. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, Noctis just straight up teleported, and it was super weird controlling him the whole time. Yeah, and mm-hmm. right, you could only control Noctis in fifteen, and like you can switch to the others in this one. And I, I've heard it's like pretty encouraged to kind of learn all the different play styles. Yeah, because I think enemies nice. will generally target who you're playing as. Yeah, interesting. So you, you really don't want to be casting spells, especially later on, because the spells get slower as they do the stronger versions. Yeah, mm-hmm. you want to be casting them from a character you're not controlling and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, the funny thing is that I don't like playing as Tifa at all. What? <laughs> I know, right? That's but I, so weird. I, just, I always go for the mages. I like playing as Eris, even though she's yeah, yeah. she's very fragile. <laughs> so you really shouldn't be yeah. very much. Because like, Tifa, was... and, Tifa and Barrett look really fun to me. Barrett's really fun just because you just get to hold down the button yeah. and shoot. <laughs> hold down the button and make, make numbers happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we call her yes, Aerith here, Tingu. We don't do this, this Aerith. House... We don't do Aerith crap. Nobody here believes in that Aerith crap. We call her Aerith as intended. I think I, I renamed her Aerith on all my playthroughs because I play, watched Advent Children first. <sighs> Sorry. <sighs> Sorry. Hey, Polly. Yeah. This game is fully voice acted. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! You're gonna have to get a little used to Aerith. I'm just gonna insert. I'm just gonna make my brain insert every <laughs> sound, even even every word. Every word has got a th- in it. It's gonna have a smell. I don't care. They do a very good job on the pronunciation, so it doesn't sound stupid. Yeah, but I just like Aerith more. Aerith Smith. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Which also, which also translates in general, you do like Aerith more. Yes, she is so fun. She's like, so fun! Aoife's just kind of actually a downer. Oh, Because she knows what's going on. Oh, And then you, and then you meet Aerith. Oh, shit. God damn it! Ah! You're fired! That's it! You're fired! fired. <laughs> you see, in the fr- this is my experience in my latest playthrough, is like, on the first disc, Tifa just seems like she's kind of pining and passive the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then Eris is like really cute and flirty, and they immediately go out on a date, and she's a, and it's really nice, and they have this very nice dynamic. Yeah, she um, is bubbly in a way that you would expect Tifa to be, but she's not. Yeah, uh, but it feel and it feels like not like contrived. Yeah, like, like a, she's not like doing it to cover up nice. intentionally. Yeah, like she's just yeah, actually feel- this person. Yeah, and but then you get to disc two, and you realize, oh, Tifa 
this is why Tifa was yeah. kind of hesitant to act. Yeah. So I think once you get to disc two, then it's like, then I like I like Tifa more. Makes sense to me. But mm. on this one, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Problem is, we're not even getting to disc one. We're getting yeah. out, we barely are getting, out of Midgar. We're probably. getting one third through disc one. <laughs> and yes, they've expanded the roles of the Avalanche members, Jesse. Wigs and Wedge. Wedge is Jesse's horny. Wedge is voiced by Badger from Breaking Bad. That makes me happy. Oh, I, I was like, I know this voice. I thought it was like Seth Rogen or something. No, it, I, it's it's Badger. Okay, I was like, oh, I absolutely know this fucking voice. Yeah, and it's extremely funny because he oh, has such a great okay. role. He he, one hundred percent kills it yeah. as Wedge. Yeah, excellent. So I had a moment in this game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you do kind of the intro stuff, bombing the reactor and all, and then you kind of get to Sector 7. Mm -hmm. And uh, compared to the original game, you know, the original game is CG backgrounds. Obviously, there's no camera. No. And a lot of it is kind of looking down on the characters because, you know, you got to walk around. Mm -hmm. In this game, you have full 3D camera control. That's man. So I I'm ready to explore this world in every little detail. I just had this moment where I look up, oh, man. and you can see the plates above. Yes, you. Oh, yes, man. And That's it's the this moment I want. Revelatory moment of like, oh, you you just have a better sense of how fucked up this town is. Yeah, yeah. Of how they're literally like living beneath the rich people. It's so And just having cool. the sky almost 100% blotted out by this gigantic machinery. Yeah, it's so, oh my god. I'm so like I would say, easily, this game has my favorite skybox of all time. Because <laughs> just being able to constantly look up and see, you know, the center of town or and the plates above you. Yeah, like... Just never gets old. It's that ominous danger, and like, knowing in the original game what happens... Like, looking up and seeing all that shit, yeah. it's just like, oh, man. It's so ominous. Just being that's... able to visualize it now. Like, obviously, it, that's always what it was, but, like, mm. there's something about just being able to look up. Yeah. yeah. That I just makes that. it so much creepier. Does Barrett call it call that plate a pizza at any point? I th- I'm pretty sure they do. Okay, good, because that's <laughs> one of my favorite lines from the original. Like, I don't think the script is really the same at all no, just because you know the whole nature of the game is yeah it's spoken now changed. and and that was kind of a bad translation but the fact that yeah. oh my god the soundtrack calls it a rotting pizza yeah that's <laughs> so good oh my god i love final fantasy 7 <laughs> <laughs> it is so how's the music the, sorry music's really good cool I mean, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of the same songs, you know, and remixed in kind of a more modern and orchestral style. But it works. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then, like, there's radios that play like really quirky remixes of oh, classic songs. And I think Final Fantasy 15 did this as well. It's weird because I'm not even sure where you can go to use them. But it's like, oh, here's like rap to chocobo don't like, you don't you play music in the car in 15 
Yeah, but you don't have a car in this. That's what I mean. Oh, see, so like, yeah. There's like no. You're collecting all these songs, oh. but I don't know where to use them. Oh, there's probably something later, I imagine. I mean, I think you you can use the first couple in Tifa's bar, but it's yeah. not like you're going back there very often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first one of the first ones is like hip hop to Chocobo, and it's just a hip hop version of the Chocobo theme. Nice. We got we, we have a metal version, and now we've got the hip hop version. Hope they need to get really need get, they need to get Denzel Curry to write uh to write yeah. a Chocobo rap. I bet he could do it. He just need the we need the new metal version and the Euro Dance version. Hell yeah! No, if we're gonna do a new metal version, version if we're too? gonna if we're gonna do a new metal version, you know what? Go all in. Get Limp Biscuit to do it. <laughs> I hate Limp Biscuit, but oh my god, let Limp Biscuit do a fucking Chocobo tune cover, please. <laughs> Please, Pat just, Durst, just, I'm begging you. <laughs> Would Pat just incinerate where, just immolate where he stands? <laughs> just instantly. Like, he would just combust. Burn the ash. He would combust the moment it was recorded. <laughs> ICP Juggalo de Chocobo. There we go. That's what we need. Oh I need an. God. I need an ICP. I need an ICP version. I'm gonna. Hey, you know what? We can get a hold of. We can get a hold of ICP on Cameo. I bet I could get Violent J to rap about Chocobos. <laughs> I'm considering it because it's a hundred bucks, but I'm considering it. <laughs> who thinks? Yeah, who thing... thinks we should get Violent J to rap about Chocobo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, just moving on, like, the script seems to make a lot more references to kind of the world outside of Midgar early on, which is kind of nice. Like, they've mentioned Costa de Sol, and they bring up the war a lot, and they mm-hmm. straight up, like, they name-drop Wutai a lot, which I swear they never do in the original not game at until, all. like, way later. No. Like, Wutai is not a thing until way... Isn't Wutai almost fucking optional? In the... It's so weird, because the, the whole backstory of the game is that there's this huge war between Midgar and Wutai. <laughs> You got such bad timing with those sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just looked up the lyrics and it's so cute yet fierce. Is he from hell? I cannot tell, yet I don't even want to know. That's the 13-2 Chocobo song again. I just always... Is he from hell? <gasps> okay. 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 Uh, another thing about... So, they name drop you know places and they bring Wu Tai into the story far earlier and that's mm-hmm. nice. That's cool, yeah. And I wonder if they're going to have to really kind of glow up that city oh, to make yeah, it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that's probably like, going to be a lot more involved, I would think. Because they have to be like on par with Midgar to justify that the fact that this huge war happened, you know, yep. a few years ago that they keep mentioning because Cloud is ex soldier and stuff. Yep. Yeah, like that's it's going to have to be yeah. big. Like you have to imagine Yuffie is now going to be a pretty big part of that story. Yeah, and like random NPCs will just be like grumbling about oh Wu Tai traders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. It's not a ton, but it's definitely there now. Right, right. Um, so they've added stuff. Obviously, they took you know say five hour chunk of the game and ter- blown it out into thirty. Yeah. So it's really weird the first time like you you're going through the story and it's about the same as the original and then the game kind of screeches the brakes pretty early on you just hit a town and it's just like it's side quest time side quest time like, let's do it and i'm just like oh no <laughs> and every time it does that it doesn't really get a whole lot better oh that's just, kind of unfortunate yeah just I, I know that. that stuff wouldn't at least be bad or anything it's maybe just kind of like a road <laughs> bump or something 
I think the first section is probably the worst mm-hmm. one, which is wild because oh. it's your kind of first impression. Like, yeah. You're maybe two, maybe not even two hours into the game, and it's like, hey, can you go kill four enemies for me over here? I'm like, oh. are you fucking kidding me, game? Oh. Are you literally giving me kill quests? And it's literally that's, giving you kill quests. That's a little And it's that's like, rough. it's just like you go to this one little area, and it's very clearly handcrafted for this kill quest, but it's just, it's weird. Mm. And I think if you do everything, there's a, like an act- optional little scene with Tifa, which was nice. Oh, mm. Nice. But, like I think the later areas are better about that stuff, but it's like every time they hit the brakes like that, it's a little awkward. It's a little jarring because it's very like it's very contrived in that. Yeah, we're hitting the brakes now because we need a little padding. Yeah. Mm. It, so that's also, how, now we get to spend a little more. It's it's sort of like let's feel out Midgar a little more without it being necessarily big plot time. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. which the original was like almost all stuff. big plot time. Yeah, they're trying to add a little character to the place with the side quests and maybe not going about it the best way. Yeah, mm. well, so, so there's kind of multiple levels of it. There's the side quest stuff, which I really kind of don't like at all. Yeah, and then there's straight up like new plot threads and like. Mm. Basically, there's like an entire new chapter pretty early on mm-hmm. that is just 100 percent not from the original game Sick. Mm-hmm. but it's like it's a very linear section and it you know they're doing it to flesh out the avalanche members a lot mm-hmm. which is nice yeah like they they need it like they're really going yeah. for that like they kind of need to make you care about these characters a little more than yeah. they had to in five hours of game time yeah mm-hmm. and then there's this i mentioned the Advent children earlier because there's this one part where they just they channel that level of ridiculous over-the-top action nice <laughs> like in a really weird way where it just felt a little tonally dissonant from everything else that had come before mm. before where it's like, you know, it's fairly serious. You know, you are playing as eco terrorists mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're doing like anime sword fights and stuff. It's like, wait, hold on. And then, you know, it gets serious again and then it gets very serious. Mm. Nice. I got to uh, some big stuff last night played for like three hours straight because i couldn't stop <laughs> like when this game hits its highs it's unbelievably high mm. that and then makes me happy i got to a part that, hmm? that makes me happy yeah definitely and then i got to a part that was clearly like oh this is this is some new added content huh okay and then i stopped playing for the night <laughs> so it, it's a little up and down uh i i've i'm past the uh What's the town? Wall Market. Wall Market, yeah. Like that really that, good. That, how'd, how'd all that treat you? That whole section is a fucking delight. Awesome. It's yes. amazing. I'm so here for it. Like, I'm so stoked yes. for that. They oh, did. Man. They did something which obviously could have gone horribly wrong yeah. and just fucking nailed it, I feel. Yeah, like cool. there's there's those moments where you kind of like grit your teeth, like in, like 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 in like in trails where you have Princess Joshua for a bit, and you think, oh no, yeah. we could go real wrong here, and then they keep it on, they keep the train on the tracks, and it feels real good. Yeah, this is kind of going an extra level because it's also still fully voice acted. Oh yeah, it's and yeah. Like, there's a lot so, of a lot of potential there for bad stereotyping. Yeah, they and they don't. I don't think That's they fall fantastic. into it at all. It's all. I, it's I've all only very heard positive. good. I've only heard good about that portion. Yeah, so. I was cracking up laughing at how <laughs> everything plays out. I don't I don't know if Don Cornerio's choice can change. Mm-hmm. But I got obviously what would be the best option. Oh yeah. 
apparently the outfits for everyone do change depending on like yes. side quest progression and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I kept seeing Tifa in this dress, and I was like, that's not in the game, because I got a totally different dress for her, I realized. Mm. And I swear her boobs just get bigger the further <laughs> you get into the game. <laughs> <laughs> she's a growing girl. She's still she's still going through that time. I <laughs> Life is because like Tifa seems fairly modest at her the start. Her titties aren't and... getting bigger, Rhett. It's her love for Cloud that's just bursting out <laughs> of her chest. <laughs> it's I swear to God, though, like she seems very modest at the start, mm-hmm. and then you lose her for a bit, and then you meet her, and she's in you know the outfit for mm-hmm. at Wall Market, mm-hmm. and it's just like okay, you've got like ten push-up bras now. Now <laughs> you're looking like Laura Croft over here. <laughs> and then she goes back to her regular outfit, and I'm just like, they ju- they're looking a little bigger than they were before, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter, because Aerith is better. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I love her. I love her, too. She's so fun. Like, they just She's nailed so her personality and the voice fun. acting. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, good, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Love is stored in the boobs. Love Thank is you stored in the boobs. Exactly. <laughs> so I went a little long on that one because it's kind of my one big well, thing for this. Oh, yeah, that's a good one to go that's long a on. We're both very good. One. Yeah, like we're all. And we'll here be talking about it. it next week because Polly and me yeah. will have played more. Yeah, we will definitely mm-hmm. be talking about it next time. Mm-hmm. So John, what you Man, got? Fuck, I might. I'm. Not not immediately because I, I I I haven't been at Media Zero since last year and I really want to chew through these big things and get them off of my plate. Mm-hmm. So not not yeah. not Silas like not Silas. That one's been a delight and I'm just having a good time with that. I've got a cup. Got a, it's a couple other ones that have been have lingered. Mm. Um, okay, so my my big thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me do my let me do my little thing first. I did I beat do. Mike Tyson. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I beat Mr. Dream, but I did beat, I did beat Tyson, and it was very hard, but very rewarding, and I feel triumphant about it. Nice, because that, that that fight's real hard, y'all. Yeah, it's not <laughs> I easy. Imagine. I mean, it's one of the most infamous, infamous, infamous. Infam- oh my God, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> infamous, inf- What is happening? What is going on? You're thinking Inf- about it is one of the most I- infamous. It is one of the most infamously difficult fights, boss mm. battles in a, in a Nintendo game. Mm. And I sort of cheesed it by looking up guides. Um, I I think I that I, what I what I kind of been thinking is that I'll come back to the game in like a couple years after it's kind of faded, mm. and I can try to do it. It's like okay, I know it's possible now, so let's take our time and kind of try to get through this a little slower and i think that would be a fun time yeah um but i still it was still very hard even knowing exactly what to do it was uh-huh. very hard yeah like that, um, that that fight like god i don't know how long it took me to be able to finally win that fight i know it was like days training on it though mm-hmm. did nintendo power have any info on that I Back think that the they only told you about, like, you could see his eyebrow raise before one of his punches. Like, oh, like thanks for of, that. Great yeah, tip. it's like literally <laughs> one frame to, to react to that. Sure, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, I mean, that's the easier one to react to than the first 90 seconds. Yeah, the first 90 seconds are just hell. That's just, yeah, that's, like, <laughs> it's the sands. Why don't they use their hardest attacks first? 
Yeah, <laughs> that's Tyson. He's just like, all right. You got it. Get through this. Mike Tyson's like, no, oh, wait, up. you got it. You got it. I'm going to use my tough ones. I'm going to use the big ones. Here they come. I'm going to get you. Come here, John Dyer. I'm going to punch your fucking head off. How'd Ridley get here? <laughs> now I'm thinking of Tyson just doing the whole, like, in two more turns, I'm going to use my secret attack. Two more turns. I'm going to use it, Dyer. Get ready. First 90 seconds. You're going to fucking hate it. <laughs> Oh my god, but I did it. I got it through. KO'd him in the second round, and it was real fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> that is a, that is a, very, TK, that is a, that is a demanding video game, but, Ooh. and I, I had a point where I beaten Macho Man, and I was like, you know, in the Japanese version, this is the final boss, so really I have kind of beaten the game when you think about mm. it. So did they like just Mike add a Tyson is Mike Mike Tyson himself is literally a ROM hack. Huh. Yeah, they they that was Mike Tyson was for the original was they for the I don't know if it was for the US release exclusively. I don't know if they re-released it as I'm Mike Tyson's pretty Punch sure Out. Sure, they did a re-release in Japan. Okay. And then they did another re-release which is Punch Out featuring Mr. Mr. Dream. Mr. Dream, yeah. So it's Punch Out, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, Punch Out featuring Mr. Dream mm. essentially. Mm. Uh, That's wild. So they rom hack it and just put it for ninety seconds, just one hit kills. Yeah, yes, <laughs> that's that's the long and short of Tyson. They included their own lost levels in the game in their <laughs> new release. It's mean. The rest of the game like makes sense, mm-hmm. like up through the end. It's like all right, Sandman's like the final boss, and then we have kind of a slightly easier final boss that has like flashier attacks, kind of doing the Toho thing. Makes sense. Yeah. And now we're done. He's the champion. Dream battle. That game's that game's brutal, but I did it, and I feel very good because that was like the highest profile NES game that I hadn't gotten through. Yeah, actually, so I, I was like, there, like it's number two on our site list. Yeah, like it's just, it's, it's kind of a really that, fucking great game. It's a and it's that, a fucking great game. Yeah, right. I just remember being so shocked when that ended up as number two, but I was like, it's totally fair. Like it is worthy. Yeah. yeah, just I did. I just didn't see it. I coming. didn't think that. It, it, I didn't think like that it Tyson's resonated punches. that much. I didn't think that it would hit yeah. that many lists, and then it ended up being on nearly every list we got. Because mm. it's a great game. It I is. Recognize it's that. So and as a kid, I recognize playing it now, and and I could, I could see the path to being able to consistently beat Tyson. Yeah. Even even on an LCD screen mm-hmm. like my 3DS. So like I said, I, I have a friend that goes to. Doable. I have a friend that beats Tyson regularly at a local barcade that he goes to, and they use LCD screens, and like it's just mm-hmm. basically a parlor trick for him to go in and do it. Nice. So. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a little it's just probably a little bit stricter, but the it is within the boundaries of human of yeah, human possibility. Yeah. yeah. I was looking down my nest list and I saw that highlight was two stars and I'm like, oh, maybe I should bunch, bump that up. Actually, there we go. I'm <laughs> on my backlog. Read. I'm gonna punch you in your dick. <laughs> um. So the big thing that I played, mm-hmm. um, I started this back in February and I it, and with long, it's a long RPG and with it's Tales of Vesperia. Yeah. And with long RPGs, I'll sometimes take take little breaks for a little while. Like I took like a month and a half to get through Ease Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a little bit, of, a chunk of time to get through Tales and Tales Second Chapter and Tales Third. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was this was normal. This wasn't like, um, it just needed. It was like a fifty-five hour game for me. Yeah. So it's it's beefy. Um, this was my first Tales game. I have never 
I have never touched a Tales game before now, mm. which is which is weird to say because like with almost any other big series, I at least like as a kid loaded one up in an emulator. Yeah, like, yeah, like Symphonia I, was pretty. Uh, it was like a big deal uh, back yeah, in two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah, because um, you were it was on the GameCube for one thing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. had fewer options there. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, like I remember buying Tales of Destiny and nobody knowing what the hell that was on PS one. So mm-hmm. pretty underknown, pretty like an unknown series until Symphonia really kind of picked things up here. I think. Mm-hmm. Like I had Fantasia on my GBA mm-hmm. DS ROM, and I I don't think I ever even like turned it on. <laughs> I was just like, eh, I don't know anything about this. It's this is this is new <laughs> and weird. Um, but at this point, it had like after like after for like the last like five or six years, it was like this is kind of growing in my head. Like, oh, Trails is fantastic. Um, oh, all the there are RPGs that aren't by Square that are good. Weird. They're new. Weird. Um, they're not Suikoden, but there are other no, ones. No, no, absolutely not Suikoden. <laughs> that was my first PS1 RPG I finished. That wasn't by Square. It was a sad one. <laughs> my first. Oof. Oof. Oof-a-doofa. oof doofa Um, so I, I remember, like, last year, in the before times, um, <laughs> texting, DMing some friends and who the Tales friends. I and all I, I don't even like have a firm understanding of who the Tales friends are. Uh, I I just DM'd like Tom and um, Chelsea, mm-hmm. like, hey, um, I was eyeballing these. I saw that Tales of Vesperia had a new PS4 release, and that's very tidy for me. Like, I can just sit on my PS4 and play. Yeah, it. That yeah, nice. yeah. Um, like I'd love to play Symphonia, but like that's awkward to play like the ps the pc release of that is bad right yeah it, it never really got fixed either from what i know mm-hmm. and the ps i know there's a ps3 release. there's a ps3 version what... but it never released here okay so the only option is to play it on gamecube or to emulate it and my computer's been a little fucky wucky lately <laughs> um so i was like we'll pull it off on symphonia what's the next best one um because because I, I only knew about Symphonia. Like, I'd heard you talk about Symphonia in the past. And I was like, yeah. all right. And I was like, all right, let's try Vesperia. And, and Tom and Tom and Chelsea were both like, ah, well, I don't really see what people see in Vesperia. I like these games more. I like mm. Zillia 2 more. And I was like, that's nice. I am going to get Vesperia, though, because I really want to just play it on my PS4. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I got the game, and I just kind of sat on my shelf for a while. Um, and I played a bunch of Coder. And then I was like... God, I could really go for like a JRPG with characters that I like, mm-hmm. um, and that feels <laughs> good to play. No, that's you the, that, that's that? the that's the long-standing one on my plate. Oh, because <laughs> because uh, for reasons I'll, we'll get to, I'm actually a little bit more open to what Coder's doing now. Um, but so I played a bunch. So I was just eyeballing that. So then I got it, and I was like. Yeah, let's just fucking play this. I'm just, I just want to play this right now. Suddenly, after just having it on my shelf for two months, I want to play Tales of Vesperia more than anything in the world. <laughs> and then I just started, and I started playing it. And I played about ten hours in. And I was like, this is just nice. It's very pretty. Um, the fighting, the fighting, like took a little bit for me to figure out. Because <clears throat> I think what I figured out ultimately was like, I kind of like. Something about it felt like Dreamcasty to me. Maybe because I just associate the Dreamcast with like arena fighters and I fighting can, games. I can mm-hmm. kind of see how that 
has like a Dreamcast feel to it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even just a look, because a lot of Dreamcast games have yeah. a very vibrant look to them as well. Yeah, it's very colorful. Yeah. Um, now the 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 obstacle was that I was playing used to Ease Eight, mm-hmm. and Ease Eight is an action game yeah. where you block attacks and counter and dodge things, and, you can, and then you hit can the take end. no damage. Yeah, and I just played Ease Origin, which is an action game where you can dodge attacks and not get hit, mm-hmm. and then you hit the enemy, and it feel and it's great. Um, and Tales of Asperia, I kept feeling like I was doing something wrong because I kept getting hit and not blocking, and ultimately I think I just realized click 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 click. Um, bad opinion, please come to get John. I don't know what my bad opinion was. Um, just in general okay fair enough um so i kept feeling like i was doing something wrong and then i just at some point a switch flipped where i was just like i'm just gonna take damage and it's gonna i'm gonna be okay with it well yeah like, then, that, 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 those are games that i think that is probably feasible to try to not take damage but it's not how it's supposed to be played yeah it's it's an RPG where instead of hitting the menu, you you mash the X, you mash the O button and hit the enemy, and it's yeah. nice. Like you can't do. There's a block. There's a back step. I didn't learn there, the back step. There are a lot I, of evasive maneuvers in Tails uh, games, um, and, and they might come in handy on harder difficulties. Fine, but if you're just playing through casually, man, just mash the fuck out of that circle and throw out all your text. Don't care. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. If you're playing casually, you can do what I did, which is learn Destruction Field, and then figure out that you can turn on your limit break, and then just spam Destruction Field. Yeah. <laughs> and know. then, that's it. We've finished Tales of Vesperia. Because <laughs> I was able to do, from about the one-third mark, I started doing that on bosses, and then I just kept doing it for every boss through the entire end of the game. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. Like, there, there are times where I hit, like, hard enemies where that did... Like, where I did have a couple roadblocks, but it was never finding a different tactic. It was getting my play, my character to the point where I could spam Destruction Field on the limit break was the tricky thing. <laughs> right, right, right. That's cool. Uh, I'm here for that. So, yeah, and it felt good. Um, so it, it wound up being kind of a light experience, mm-hmm. like, as far as, like, game design goes. Because oh, there's not yeah. a lot else going on outside the fighting. The dungeons are mostly straightforward like we were walking down the path then we take a branch and then there's a chest and we take a walk down the path and take a branch and there's a chest and we go back to the main path um and they're very sounds, pretty yeah right the, including you just saying that it's very pretty this all sounds extremely similar to the final fantasy 7 remake yeah exactly. where the dungeons are pretty linear with hey there's a du- there's a chest over there if you want to go I mean, get it's, it and it's the combat being hey you can dodge roll but you're gonna take a lot of damage like yeah. there's no avoiding it Mm-hmm. So, like, as th- and this is what was making me think, like, I might like Coder now because I think that this is a very light in-game design experience. Mm-hmm. You are mostly just kind of being funneled through a story. It's very linear for the most part, even though there is a world map. Um, the fighting is never too demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I remember a couple people hearing, like, "Oh, these difficulty spikes are just hell," but it's it's sort of just that they're like there's one hard boss early on, and I like, grinded up two levels in 15 minutes, and then I beat him, and I was like, "All right, we're good, <laughs> we're good." Um, so as far as the actual like, so so the game RPG part, it was pretty straightforward for the whole 55 hours, and that was probably kind of the most sort of exhausting thing about it, and why I think it took me so long. Mm. Um, is that there wasn't too much happening in my brain meets for yeah. those. <laughs> yeah. And 
and I articulated to friends, and that uh, uh, a an axiom of game design for me and how I play games, and that is that I am always going to try to find the most boring possible way to play your video game, and it is not my responsibility to fix that. <laughs> it is your job to keep me from playing it in a boring way <laughs> as as I fight tooth and nail to find that boring way. Because I'm only, I'm not going to find the fun way to play it. I'm going to find the efficient way to play the it. Efficient. And, and you, yeah. as the game designer, have to make that efficient way. You have to keep make me switch it up if you want it to be, if you want it to be a, like a demanding experience. Right, right. Oh my god. Because I, you can control other characters and tails. I didn't do that. There you go. You, you there are, you learn like thirty skills or something. I didn't do that. You learn burst arts, which are special moves you activate during, <laughs> um, but to spend your limit break thing to do a special super art. And then there's mystic arts, which you activate like after burst arts when you have at least two limit gauges and it does a full like limit break animation. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. No. Nah. <laughs> like that's basically how I just always seem a little over-designed with stuff like that. Yeah, like, Tales of of Berseria has a similar problem where, like, it's got all of these systems and, like, enemy types, damage types, and, like, there's weakness chains and everything, it's just like, man, I'm just gonna press X a whole bunch, (laughs) and and Velvet's gonna make things disappear, no matter what. I I only got, like, two hours into that one, and it was just, like, non-stop tutorials and combat stuff, and I'm just like, I'm just mentioning X, it's fine game. Please. <laughs> yeah, it do- like that game is way too heavy on its tutorials at the start, but it's literally just dude, just press and it. just systems and systems and systems. There's so many you needless systems in that game. You don't need to engage with a single one of them. Everyone <laughs> I mean, Rise is dialing back on that shit, though. So I'm, I'm excited for yeah. that, and that I hear I hear that Arise is dialing back on that shit a bit. Uh, so yeah, that's nice. There's um there's an optional dungeon I did a bunch of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just effortlessly beat the boss at the end, and I was like, alright. And then I found out that the way you trigger the super boss in Tales of Vesperia is to collect all the ultimate weapons. And oh. if you do, the final boss is, like, ten, like twelve times harder. Oh, good! <laughs> and, a friend, and a friend, thankfully. The, the secret weapons, I thought I could just clear the dungeon to get them, but really, they're very kind of obtusely hidden around the whole world. Mm. Um, I, I did finally start, like, kind of poking outside the linear path and seeing a little... They, they did a little bit of, like, RPG fleshing out. Like, you revisit this town, and there's a little side quest thing you can do. Um, there's no quest log, um, which is which I appreciate. There's no maps in the dungeon, which I also appreciate. Yeah, yeah. That made the very simple dungeons at least kind of fun. Yeah. Because I had to keep it in my head. The final dungeon's very cool. Like, all dungeons from, like, the PS2 era on are almost all, like, map. yo, here's a map. Here's a map. And then EZ does that, and it's in an, after E6 and... E6 doesn't, so I was like, alright, cool. Yeah. So this didn't do that, and I was like, thank you. That you did you did the bare minimum to make these like pretty simple mazes uh-huh. like fun. Um Like Symphonia Dungeons and earlier though, they were chock full of puzzles and stuff. Like they were like uh light puzzles, block pushing, shit like that. Like they had like dungeons in those games could get legitimately mind bending at times. Um so I, I was like surprised that they really dialed it back for Vesperia, it seems. They yeah, they they have those, but they're just like extremely minimal, like here we just introduced a cute little mechanic for you to feel like you're doing something when yeah. really you're just we're just made another one of these. Yeah. Um so I had a friend come away from the dun- from the game specifically feeling like the dungeons were a low point. When 
when I didn't feel that. I felt like they were fun. Um, well, just make, the just... Ma- make the maze fun. Make the encounters fun. Maybe add a little something in there to spice it up. I'm fine. I, it doesn't yeah. take it doesn't take much to wow me with the dungeon. It really didn't take much for me either. Like even though the game was easy throughout, yeah. like I was just like, it feels good. I'm I'm a dummy. Let, let me just get my get my endorphins, and I'm gonna be happy. Yeah. Um, I will probably need something different soon, and that's that's why I was eyeballing back to Coder, where I didn't really care about the writing or the characters or the mm-hmm. aesthetic as much, but. <laughs> It had a lot of RPG. Yeah, it's like, you very Im- RPG. You immediately get like four worlds. You not immediately after like ten hours. You get like four worlds you get to explore, and there's all these different quests you can do, and all these different solutions for the different quests. And some of them are like obtuse adventure game stuff you have to figure out. And it's 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 much more dense with that mm-hmm. old school energy than Vesperia is, which is very stripped down and funneling you through a story. Mm. Um. And then, re- so really, like, I fig- I was like, all right, I'm cool with the brain candy systems. I'm cool with this fighting. The My whole arc with the game was really kind of coming down to that story. Yeah. Because I, I kept, I was very hot and cold the whole time I played this game. Um, I wound up loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I came to the end feeling like I actually, I, um, I, I beat the game, and then I stood up, and... I, I either shouted out the the open window like I love Tales of Vesperia or I love RPGs. Wow, I was very happy. And, uh, and, and Patty is everything. And Patty is everything. She was not a playable um, character in the original version. Can you? Believe I know, that? which is that's crazy. Oh. Like she's such a good character. Like why would you not want Patty in that group? Obviously. Um. So I was very hot and cold with the story, and the 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 hot part. Um, was that I immediately loved all the characters that they introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, they are this is a completely entrancing cast. Mm. Um, everyone is really, everyone is really likable and has a different and feels unique immediately, which mm. is which is good. Um, everyone has their own goals. They actually put a lot of work throughout the story in making sure that everybody has a reason to be coming along with the party. That's cool. Which is which is like a lot of game RPGs just don't do that. And the fact, and I noticed and appreciated that they actually did the work there. It's like, why is Patty coming with them right now? Mm-hmm. Why is Raven coming along with them right now? Uh, I loved Raven a lot. Mm-hmm. He, he's got like, I, I he was the person I saw the most of myself in among the cast because <laughs> Yuri's too cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Raven is the dorky old man, basically, which means he's like in his thirties. Right. And I was like, oh, there's 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 me <laughs> in ten years or whatnot. Yeah. Hopefully less of the, the he does a little bit of the the old man perv trope, but it's like very right. toned down. There's yeah. not a lot of it. Yeah. So hopefully not that part, but beyond that is like, yep, yeah, there's John and there's John. There's, yeah, there's hopefully not. Part. Hopefully not that part. Yeah, not that part. But otherwise, um, and I completely love Judith a lot. She was my favorite. Yes. She was my favorite girlfriend. She's good. She does. She does the arms behind the back boob push out thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she and she has goals and motivations and like has a has a reason to be there at all time and the way it's teased out is very interesting. She's got legs. She's, she's got legs too. <laughs> she's very she's, she's very, very leggy. Because I I started off like immediately loving Estelle because she's nice. Yeah, and I love that. And then I and then we met Judith and I was like oh because she and Yuri have like an act like a flirty dynamic mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. very like it's very like low key. In a way that made it feel very real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me, I was just like, "Oh, they're y'all not are gonna oh, get." They're not overdoing it. 
y'all are gonna get married. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get married and have very, 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 very wholesome, wholesome, wholesome missionary sex. <laughs> um, um, and then Yuri is great. Um, Yuri Lowell, not played by Yuri Lowenthal. Not played by Yuri Lowenthal. Who did play the protagonist of the immediately preceding yes. Trent Tales game. God, that's funny. Yeah. Um, um, and he is, like, if there's anything interesting going on in the story, it has to do with your, how Yuri is portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, because as I understand it, he is meant to be sort of breaking tradition in terms of Tails protagonists. Mm-hmm. They specifically have the character Flynn, who has attacks that are associated with traditionally traditional sword base yeah yeah specifically like name the the names of the attacks are the names of attacks often given to tails protagonists yep and he is a a a knight captain who's trying to make the world better from within a corrupt system fucking and yuri the main he's a fucking cop and and i fucking loved him by the end of it which was amazing that they made that they that managed that yeah um, and then Yuri quit the knights because he figured that he could not change the corrupt system from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just kind of drifted along for a while. I'm dr- I'm talking a long time, so feel no, free to go. No, no, go, down. go. By uh, all means, I'm here for this. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm feeling good about it. Um, but he but he decided like this is stupid. I can't change the world from the inside of this awful organization. Mm -hmm. So he just sort of, when you find him at the start of the game, he's just kind of drifting aimlessly. He occasionally just helps the people around him. Like you can tell he's a good guy, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he's not enacting any of the larger change that was clearly a priority for him earlier in life. Yeah. And that's his whole deal is growing into the person that he wanted to be. And then that being a parallel journey with Flynn, who is working from within the system. Yeah. And this all sounds like very interesting and like you could make a very juicy story about this. It is contained within a 55 hour game. Yeah. So it's it, it is very sparse. It is sparsely um, sprinkled. Yeah. It is, it is parsley on top of the main dish. Like It is one dash of oregano in like a 10 gallon bucket. <laughs> What's oh man? What's the word for the the bullshit medicine? Uh, snake oil. No, the one that's specifically um, uh, that's specifically like a tiny bit of actual medicine inside water that's diluted forever. Uh, it's homeopathy. Homeopathy. It's homeopathic story. Placebo. Sugar pills. No, homeopathy. This is the this is the drop of story. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's and it's juicy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple twists to how Yuri decides to direct action mm-hmm. that are legit jaw dropping nice. when they're executed. They are the best and most memorable parts of the story. That's really cool. Um, and they are very well done. Um, I think that this game is not great at drama was my big takeaway from it 
That's I like th- that was kind of always been an issue with Tales writing. I think. Yeah. Um, at least until Berseria, because I think Berseria handled its drama really well. But yeah, Thanks. everything prior to that, like anytime they tried to stick a dramatic scene, I just I didn't feel it. Yeah, like that's there are like big act break climaxes in this game, and they just didn't land for me. Yeah. And it's it's just because they're not those juicy conflicts with. Yuri, they don't really evolve into a big climactic confrontation where he has to face like the consequences of those choices. Right, right. They get close to that, but they don't follow through in a meaningful way. Mm. Um, nobody is really faced with a huge consequence as a result of their faults throughout uh... the whole game. So their journeys aren't as deeply felt as you get in something like Trails. Mm. Um, and I think that's the big takeaway, because almost everything else is a lot like Trails. Um, yeah. Like, Trails and Ease, like, you can tell these these studios have been directly influencing each other. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Because, like, you play Ease 8, the aesthetic's the same, they have the cooking, they have, the, yep. they have like, a bunch of the same microsystems are yeah. the same. It's, it's a lot of similar stuff that you would find in Latter-day Trails, or Tales games. Yeah, except this was like much earlier. Much, like, oh, much this earlier. Is, this is the aesthetic y'all were going after that you didn't do in the in the zeros because y'all y'all did not have as much money as Namco. Yep, yep. Um, so they nailed the character writing. They mm. nailed the theming. I think, which is why the climax lands really landed really well for me. Mm. Um, the way it comes down on how do you become the kind of person that can change the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they the, the the conclusions they kind of reached there and the ending of that story landed really hard for me. Nice. Um, and that's why I came away from it feeling so good. But the individual journeys and the act breaks as um, climaxes, um, the part where it's heavens feel for a little while. Oh, no. <laughs> there's literally like they have, there's there's a conversation from heavens feel that happens verbatim. Oh, no. In this game. And then they have another part and then they have the the climactic confrontation and it's completely weak in Vesperia. Oof. it's like the most the most drama part of the basically the whole game and it just doesn't land at all it's like the main the second act break and it's like it, it relies on mind control to force a plot force a conflict between characters you care about and if you if you do that if you have two characters that you love fighting mm-hmm. and one of them is being mind controlled then it doesn't work. No, it's not drama. No, it's in and like that. It's a cheap attempt at drama. Yeah, it's it can work for like a cool set piece. Yeah, but it's not it's not the crux of your story. No, this character isn't actually doing something wrong. No, they are not being confronted. This isn't yeah. a ideological conflict between these two characters, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't work. No, it's a, it's, um, it's a very flimsy way to build drama. Yeah, so. That's that's kind of what was my takeaway. Is like none of these act break climaxes are working. And I think it's because it doesn't want to hurt these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I, I can see that. Yeah, because it, it obviously loves this cast, mm-hmm. and it just it, it's like I, I kind of talked like, what's the darkest tales game? I asked a couple people later because I was like, I could kind of go for something a little bit more teeth, but I don't think you have to be dark. You don't have to, to be grim dark to stakes. nail that. Like Tangle the series. Had deeper stakes than this did, than the yeah. tales of Asperia did. 
Tangled the series had like stronger act break climaxes mm. because they were still rooted in these strong character journeys and people faced consequences and when they in order to get out of the pits that they dug for themselves they had to work for it yep um and that doesn't really happen in tales like everybody's pretty much just kind of going along together and they're all very sweet and you love all of them to death yeah um and a big part of that is the skits the skits are such a a, a a cool thing for the the, the tales series. Absolutely. It allows them to do lots of little bits of character building uh, through just these little scenes where they don't have to animate anything. It doesn't have to be like really blown out, and it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to invest a little time into putting those little skits together. It's so smart. Yeah, Vesperia's Berserias are, are insane. Like they go, awesome. they go so over the top with the presentation. It's like almost <laughs> visual novel, like within the video game that keeps happening. <laughs> that's the thing. They keep having these optional text interludes with characters just have a conversation, yeah, pertaining to something that just happened in the game, um, separate from the cutscene. So they're all. They're none of these were like progressing the story. We are learning about these characters. Um, I heard one person say it was a way of fitting like fanfic style, <laughs> just nice character in a nice way. In a nice way, yeah, yeah. It's a, a way to way. it's a way to expand your characters without having to make it a big part of the storyline or have yeah. a bit like. And they're optional; you don't have to see them if you don't want. But I think more often than not, they're a hundred percent worth doing. Yeah, because they you don't get that in Final Fantasy VI. You no. don't get that in Final Fantasy VII. Like these you characters, get... you get an idea of them outside of the 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 plot that they have in like the the the, the part that they have in the major plot. You get an idea yeah. of who they are. And that really there helps. Is my fi- I think I said the Yuri parts were the best. The the big conflict parts mm-hmm. were the best part of the game. But I think mm-hmm. the real best part of the game is that before the final dungeon. There's a part where they just have everybody, they have like six different convert scenes where that are just characters talking. Nice. And they they specifically match up characters that haven't had much time to talk, like Patty and Flynn have a conversation. Wow. Like they, those two characters just didn't talk. Mm-hmm. And then two more characters that just it's sort of a random matchup. Mm-hmm. And they just have like a really nice conversation that ties into their journey. Um and you realize like you can picture a conversation like this happening between any two of these characters. Yeah. And that that's that's fantastic. It means all of them have that dimension where you can see how they would bounce off every other character. Yeah. Um so I'm like very sensitive to to bad drama. I'm like very sensitive to that not working for me. Mm. Like that that'll burn me on oh, a story. Oh yeah. I'm 100% with you. Um but I still came away from Tales of Vesperia feeling so warm about it. And it's specifically because they, the characters just completely were lovely, and the theming was really on point. Mm-hmm. And they made the cli- and it made, that's what made the climax work as well as it did. There's one other conversation, like at the at like ten hours into the game, I was like, if these two characters don't fight <laughs> near the end of the game, <laughs> I will, and it, if it's not a big climactic con- conflict, I will be pissed. <laughs> and they don't. They don't have the big climactic conflict. They don't have the Dragon Quarter climax. Right. They don't have the Devil May Cry three climax, <laughs> which is what which is what I would want. It's what yeah. I would want. It's what I would rank. Um, instead, they have they do fight, and it's in the context of like a friendly conversation, and then they basically like roll on the grass together afterwards <laughs> and have like a, a three minute conversation <laughs> looking at the stars together, oh, and it's God. just like 
holy shit, I believe this. Nice. I believe these people. Um, so it's not, it's, it's not dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but the texture and the characterization is all there and it just sold me. Nice. Um, so it's a week. So like I said, it's a very hot and cold journey. So mm-hmm. I don't think that this is like an essential, um, essential the way like trails is mm-hmm. because of because of those weaknesses yeah in the storytelling and because on top of that the game design is very light yeah um but it, it really won me over i immediately bought tales of tales of Brazaria. <laughs> yeah i saw that i saw that it was really good. just like just like immediately like well yep i'm i was like i was like 45 hours in like yeah i can see myself playing one of these every two to four years yeah um uh, and then i bought and then i finished it and it was like I don't want to play Tales of Bazaria now. And I'm not going to because that would kill me. That yeah, would be you, a lot. You want to wait a little bit, Especially, I think. Yeah. Um But yeah, that's that was my Tales journey. I came away from it feeling very positive and very much like they're not they are it, it's they're peers in the same salon with, with Falcom, at the very least. I can see that. <laughs> Which, like this is this is like when you took this on and like the way that like the the journey was like hot and cold from start to finish, like it could have landed, like it was anyway. unpredi- yeah, it was unpredictable about how this game would come off in the end. And I'm glad that it ended up being a positive experience. Though. That's awesome. Yeah, I started off like t- first ten hours like oh it's like trails but worse. Oh, and then in, in a bad way. Mm. And then I finished it and I was like oh it's like trails but worse but in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> it's aiming for something different than 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 the trails games are obviously going for um yeah and i can respect that like i yeah. i know that i am somebody who probably holds uh a lot of games to that falcom standard and i probably shouldn't you know you just kind of kind of look mm-hmm. at it at some point and be like not every game is trying to be what trails is trying to be and you yeah. can't hold them to that standard and yeah and there's an audience for i i think it's just that it's a Absolutely. fluffier it's a fluffier story. Yes. It's not focused on hurting characters and then bringing them and then having them triumph over adversity. It exactly. Is, it is letting you live in this space with these characters. Yeah, and there's yeah. obviously space for that because there's a ton of VNs that are like that. There's a ton of fanfics online that are like that. There's a ton of books that are like that. Yep. And people love them. Yeah. And it's not really – it's not my style. Just like the gameplay, most of the play here isn't really my style. Mm. Um, but the strength of the vision still won me over. Like, yeah, it's, it's okay. I don't like I, this. I, doesn't feel like corporate schlock. Like the people that put this no. together, they wanted to make this specific thing. They care. They they, they care a lot. Cared. Yeah, and it was like, and and like the baseline com- competence was yeah. there. Like the like the the big final dungeon felt like a big final dungeon. Yeah, it, had, yeah. it paid off. It it wouldn't be like super dramatic, but it would at least like close every thread that it opened Correct. like every yeah. it would have like the cool there, there's a very cool um final confrontation with a recurring boss during the last dungeon that i was oh, nice. really pleased with nice and again the fact that the optional super boss is also the final boss i actually love that that's really cool because if you get all those ultimate weapons you have are you have put like 90 hours into the game yep. and your characters are going to be extremely strong mm-hmm. um and any game where you go and fight Emerald Weapon, and then oh, I've beaten the Super Boss. I guess I'll go fight Sephiroth now, <laughs> and then you kill him in one hit. Yeah, like that's not going to land the same way as okay, we've made we've made added a third another form to the final boss, 
and we have a story reason for why it's there, and it's a cool cutscene, and then the boss is really hard. Mm-hmm. Like that's gonna be. I think that's a much stronger reward. Yeah, for completion. Of that's players. awesome. That it it it's real because again, yeah. it's built into the story, and now the climax of the most demanding part of the game for completionist players is going to be also the emotional high point yep. of it. Yep. And I love that. Even if I'm not going to do it, because it's a lot. It's a lot, <laughs> yeah. It's like trying to fuck that Guard 3 shit huh. of grind every <laughs> weapon in the game. Like, oh god, no, fuck you. <laughs> grind every weapon in the game to play a seven minute sequence in which you can't fuck up once. <laughs> I was trying to think of if any games have done that before, and I think Metroid Zero Mission. Yeah, where you can go yeah, back. Yeah, really actually gets harder if you yeah. get 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this would ahead. be better, though. Yeah. Because, like, Metal Release, a bad boss. Yeah. Colin says, so John's saying you prefer Suikoden 2's conflict. I think Suikoden 2 is an example of, like, empty conflict where you just where you make bad stuff happen but it doesn't you doesn't land at all because you don't care about anybody mm-hmm. so that's like very much a different end of the spectrum and one where nothing works right, right instead right, of right. one thing working very well <laughs> uh, all right thank you I, I i started that like i've spent like five minutes before playing talking about getting this before playing the game so i appreciate you all <laughs> going along with me on that journey like why wouldn't we like this has been a pretty big part of what you've been playing lately and it obviously mm-hmm. left enough of an impact to me to need to be talked about like i'm not gonna fucking tar- yeah. cut anybody off why thanks <laughs> here's I'm... what you need to do yeah you, you finish kotor mm-hmm. and then maybe some point in the future you pl- you start kotor to- kotor 2 <laughs> and then you get like 15 hours into it and get bored and then you can play berseria there you go or I start Berseria and it's like 50 hours of walking no. a mostly linear game and then I'm like I could really go for like more of an RPG and then I start Coder 2. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was coming off of, I was for Coder I was coming right off of Queen's Wish which was a classic PC western style RPG yeah, that was yeah. very non-linear with very demanding smart combat mm-hmm. a lot of game design and a lot of good writing. And you had, so coming and you had to do a that, colonialism. You had to do a colonialism. Don't <laughs> forget that. A, and I did a colonialism. And Coder was just like, oh, this is worse in every way. I'm not, but now I'm coming off of Tales of Vesperia, and I'm like, oh, this does all this RPG stuff. This I will compare this more now. favorably. This will compare more yeah. favorably, yeah. Yeah, so I'm actually, my heart's kind of open to that game again. Nice. Especially because I followed it up with another RPG that was a lot more, still very much in that Vesperia mold. Yeah. So we can, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, right. Cool, cool. After, after maybe getting a glass of water or something. Cool. <laughs> Twitter is where the titties are. That is. I like. I looked at my Twitter timeline right this second, and somebody has just retweeted massive mammaries. However, they are attached to a woman who is also a fox. There you go. That's my day. Okay, I'm gonna hit the retweet button right now. You're going to see it pop up. We're going to see some titties. We're going to get some. Oh my God. Those those are some good God nep titties. Holy crap. Probably going to need a few minutes after this podcast. That's very good. (laughs) I see a notification pop up. Polly liked your retweet. I like that retweet a lot. That's a good retweet. That's some good retweet. Yo, what up, Ding? Welcome. We're in the middle of a podcast. How you doing? (laughs) Hope you're well. Hope things are going going good. Tingu Jim and I also just saw your nep and her 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 very nice titties. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's a very it's a very good uh, it's a very good anime titties picture people just you know, it's very good See, i don't have chat open because my internet skype was like your connection's bad right now so i'm like okay i should close the video okay, so cool, i can't see cool. what they're saying yeah not as good as Judith's though. Uh, that one nice guy is having cinnamon toast flavored coffee. That sounds delightful because I don't like coffee at all. But man, if you throw some stuff in it to make it not coffee, boy, I'm here. I love coffee as long as you add in a lot of half and half and sugar. Right. Like That's I said, basic. add a whole bunch <laughs> of stuff to make it actually not coffee. Fucking sign me yeah, up. Like especially the lattes or it's just like steamed milk. Yep. And, and a little bit of coffee at the bottom, and then I put in a bunch of sugar. That, that's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think coffee is basically the exact same substance as chocolate. Because chocolate, well, okay, I, I like dark chocolate more than plain coffee. But also, you still need some milk and sugar yeah, yeah. to make chocolate remotely palatable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same with coffee, where you add milk and sugar to make it palatable for humans. And then there's some people that are like, well, I like it with, I like it. Completely black, or I like, I like the, it. With I love the black. taste of motor oil. Exactly. <laughs> and also, chocolate and ice, and chocolate and coffee, both great in ice cream. Exactly. Chocolate and coffee, both great in cakes. Exactly. They're, in almost any sweet context, chocolate and coffee both completely elevate and are wonderful. Yeah, I'm here for that. Yeah. So that's how I think of coffee. Oh, it smells... Coffee smells fantastic, Zach. Beepner, we will go drink our babby chalky milk. Okay? We will. <laughs> if you have a problem with that, there is a suggestion box that you can drop it into right there at the end of the show. And, and... My, my thinking my thinking is that I've been drinking tea with milk and sugar, mm-hmm. like plentiful milk and sugar, mm-hmm. since kindergarten, basically. <laughs> Every single day. Usually a lot of it. Um... And I deeply enjoy every cup. I'm just like, it, it always is like a highlight, a, a little mini highlight of my day is like, oh, there's my cup of tea. Treat. A little treat. Um, so, like, other people may be drinking their tea black and whatnot, mm-hmm. or their coffee black. Mm-hmm. Most of them aren't drinking, aren't enjoying it as much as me. No, they're not. They're not. A lot of them aren't drinking they're, as much as me. They're, they're doing, they're, they think they're adults is the thing. They like yeah, they think they're being more of an adult if they drink it straight black. I think that's what it is. Like they 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 fold their arms and they look at themselves all self assured and like yeah, I'm drinking this black awful shitty tasting garbage. I'm so much of an adult. Just the caffeine, which just is so sad. Yeah, that's sad. Rhett, where are you at on the uh, on the old coffee uh, on the old coffee discussion? I don't drink coffee. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. When I did a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I just I just drank it totally black. I'm crazy. It just gives me shivers I, thinking about it. Like, I just I can, got used to it. It just tastes like rancid motor oil, or it tastes like gasoline. I listen. I've had gasoline in my mouth before, so I know what gasoline tastes like. <laughs> that was a weird night. That was a very <laughs> weird night. It was. I actually had to siphon gas from one car to another. It was a weird night. Um, <laughs> it was weird, okay? Like, things were weird in the mid-90s, okay? The things you do to be out drinking at night uh, when you're 15. <laughs> and you break down. And if you didn't break down, you were just out of fuel and needed to siphon some you needed to siphon some gas from your vehicle to a friend so they didn't get in trouble and got home on time. Ooh. That's all I needed. <laughs> all you did that you were doing a good deed. Exactly, I was doing a, doing a good thing. <laughs> so I've been nice. doing stuff. 
What have you been up to, Polly? Well, I played a video game. Uh, in fact, I played a video game just a couple nights ago. Right here on my very stream. And turned out to be a delight because it was an accident. I was like, wait a minute. I didn't know. Like, like okay, so the game I played was Horizon Chase Turbo, which is a racing game. You might be thinking to yourself, Polly, you don't play racing games. What is that? What in the world? world? It's a game that I, I went into with no expectations. Oh, it's like RC Pro Am. Yeah, it's exactly like RC Pro Am. Uh, in a lot of ways, actually. Um, uh, I saw that Rhett... Like, this is a game that, like, I... Rhett was, like, giving it away in a bundle back in, like, December, November or something. Yeah. Like, it was a long so. time ago. And, like, I saw it and was like, Hey, that looks like a thing I liked from a long time ago. I want it now. It yeah, like, like, immediately, oh, it looks like OutRun. Yeah, it looks yeah. like OutRun. That's immediately... Mm -hmm. It's like, was like, that's probably not very good, but I'll take it if it's for free. Sure. And so it just kind of like sat in my library for a couple months until I just decided to stream it on a whim the other night. And uh, boy, oh boy, did we actually end up having a blast with this little game. Uh, was not expecting this game to be as fun and well put together as it is. Um, nice. So it's a, it's an upgrade of a mobile game. So I was oh, right. it is. When I oh. first turned oh, this game on, when I first turned this game on, like all of the tracks... All of the cars, everything was locked by currency, and I got a bad feeling immediately. It was like, oh no, this game's got currencies. Oh shit. Uh, but thankfully, it only has one currency, and you just get that by doing races. You don't have to buy anything. I was waiting for the. I was waiting for a shoe to drop that entire stream of like, oh, now go. You don't have enough money to play the next series. Now go buy a, 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 a like a ten thousand coin pack to unlock more. <laughs> I was waiting for that shoe to drop the whole time. Um, but uh, what this is, it's, it's, a, it's an arcade racer that, like, yeah, like, you see it and you probably immediately think, like, OutRun and San Francisco Rush and things like that. But it actually has more akin to, um, did anybody play games like Top Gear on SNES or Lotus Turbo Challenge? Anybody familiar with those? They're more like uh, you race around the world kind of games rather than, um, like... You, you drive and then you're just going down routes and you end up at a path and it's just like just one big course whereas this is a game that's broken up into like 109 different races across the entire world mm -hmm. um so it's it's more inspired by uh top gear and lotus that and they even got the original composer from those games to do uh, to come out of retirement to do cool. some tunes for to do some tunes for this game um, so I thought that was pretty cool. So like, it, it, the developer is a queerist. They're out of Brazil, and that's like where Lotus Turbo Challenge and Top Gear they were really big there, apparently. Mm -hmm. um, and that and that and like this game is like a love letter to those. And like having went back, th I threw in a copy of uh, Top Gear last night just to kind of see. And I was like, oh yeah, like this is the exact same game. Holy shit! They literally <laughs> just made that game, but they made it in Unity and they made it faster and smoother. Um, and so, very pretty. Oh god, it's so fucking pretty. It's very pretty. This okay. game has so much fucking style, and it just keeps barfing new styles at me. Like, I've been playing this game like nine hours now, and I'm still getting new styles thrown at me. This game has like, it's weird because it's like, it's this middle of the road kind of look where they're like, they're making these real weird low poly analogs to real world things and places. 
and mm-hmm. it gives the game this really interesting, unique look. And it's got those stripe patterns you find in old games where, like, the road and the side of the road are, like, striped with lighter and darker colors, you know, alternating. Like, yeah. you look at old racing games, you'll see what I mean. A lot of them do that. Um, and um, And it's got a lot of fun patterns and shit. Like, this game looks, like... This game looks like it fell out of a Sonic the Hedgehog game. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it looks like the game that... It looks like a video game that characters in Sonic the Hedgehog video games play. <laughs> like, that's what this game looks like. They would play it on the Sonic Boom cartoon. They would play... Yeah, they, this game looks like it would be something being played on a Sonic Boom cartoon. Like, it, it just looks that good. Um, and um, you, you do the racy thing. You race, you, you, you rack up coins and like the more coins you get you unlock more cars it's just a natural progression if you face if, if you place first in every race in a country uh you get uh, another car unlocked for free if you if you finish um a tournament you get another car so there's like this game's constantly throwing content at you and it's and, and it's doled out at a very um pretty even pace so that you're always kind of unlocking something every five or six races um, nice. and, and it just feels nice. Like you just always feel like you're accomplishing something. Um, and um, but uh, if, but it's not strictly a game where you like you're racing checkpoint to checkpoint. It's a series of races, like I said. Uh, and like it doesn't have a timer, but you you your fuel is your timer actually. Which that, that was I wasn't expecting that because was, we were in the mm-hmm. stream for like the first hour, and I didn't realize I could run out of gas until I ran out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> But there's gas, like, littered all over the track that you can pick up. You don't have to do, like, pit stops or anything. Um, just run into the gas. Just run into the gas. It feels good. Like, Perfect. That, that's another thing. This game just feels good to play. Like, laying into the gas. Like, this is the kind of game where, like, it's super arcadey. Like, there's the sense of speed is ridiculous. And the steering is, like, that outrun kind of steering where you're going to go into a turn at, like, 130 mile an hour and come out of it at 145. <laughs> <laughs> like it just feels good like you just hold that accelerator in and slam the stick to the direction of the corner you're trying to take and your car just bites in and you ride it around and there's no drifting either like which is surprising because I feel like interesting I feel like all modern racers these days are really built around drifting mm-hmm. and this game has no drifting whatsoever it's just laying on the accelerator there's no finesse to cornering other than either letting off the gas or tapping the brake like it's just that simple. Like, yeah. and anybody I mean, anybody can pick this up and play it and be immediately at home. This just it's just not actually a modern racing game. Like they're just kind of going for that outrun feel. Yeah, they're really di- they've dialed into that feel. It feels so good to play. Like it's just an undeniable feeling. Um, and it's again, I've just continued to play. Like I remember, like I stopped streaming that night. And then uh, I ended up playing it an extra three hours after that. And I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it. Because all I was doing after the stream, like, we played it and we were just playing to play. Like, I wasn't going back yeah. and, like, replaying tracks for golds or anything like that. So, like, I sat down and I was like, all right, I'm going to go play back through the tracks that I've unlocked so far and just get all the golds. Uh, which, is, which means finish in first place and stuff. Um I do that, and I like. I look up, and it's three hours later. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Whoops. I kind of like this game, don't I? Awesome. Didn't you have a moment where you kind of I had a moment. figured out something? I, yeah. I'll, I'll go over <laughs> I hated poly moment. It was a poly moment. I figured something out, um, but I come to understand it. Like, okay, I know why it's like this. I, but, oh, okay. Uh, but, yeah. Like, the, this game is just a whole lot of fun. 
Like, I'm still enjoying the hell out of it, and I'm only, I think, about three-fourths through the world uh, through the world tour circuit, and I haven't done, like, the, the tournaments or anything yet. So there's still a load of content in this game, and I'm still having fun with it, so I'm just going to play this thing until I bleed it dry and I'm done with it. Like, I, it's super good. Like, if you want that arcade racing experience, I don't think anybody's duplicated it in the way that this game has. Uh, there mm-hmm. are a couple of games that have tried. There's another one coming out um, that uh, our duck friend linked. And I advised him against that one because I was like, oh, hey, look at this one instead. And he went out and immediately bought this one instead. Uh, but there's another mm-hmm. one coming out that looks a little more polygony. And it's just like, but it has like, no character to it at all. Like, whereas this game, I feel, has a very uh, a style that it is biting into and just expanding upon over and over again. Um and again, I can't get over how goddamn amazing this game looks. It's just, it's, I, it's so aesthetically pleasing. I just downloaded it on my phone and played around. <laughs> it feels oh really good. God. Yeah. It feels really good. It's super solid, isn't it? I didn't, I didn't realize it was a mobile game. I'm like, oh shit, I'll actually play this now. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a moment for me though with this mm-hmm. game where the illusion broke for a moment. Okay. Um. This is a racing game, and we know that there's, like, intense rubber banding in racing games. Mm. Um, you can study out, like, this game, kind of, like, and I feel like a lot of racing games, they have the time and probably the resources to kind of fudge their algorithm to make it look, to make races look a little more dynamic than they really are. Mm. Whereas the, the racing competition in this game, like, it's not dynamic at all. It's not really reacting to the player whatsoever. Like, the cars are on a path, and they're programmed to run that path no matter what. Mm. So they don't really react yeah. to you. And so it, what it leads to is, um, I feel, I, I don't know that this is 100% how it works, but I feel like there is an algorithm that states that, like, if you're like 30 to 33% through the race, you're only allowed to get as high as 8th place because the cars in front of you will block the fuck out of you or stay at a speed just out of your range. And then as soon as you pass a certain threshold, the car in front of you will just fucking give it up. (laughs) And you see it happen. So everything about this game comes down to almost the last 30 seconds of a race where you're trying to overpower like the last two or three cars. Mm-hmm. And that is exciting in and of itself, but also frustrating because now you know mm-hmm. how the system works. And so it was like for a couple of minutes, I was just like, oh man, I, the magic's gone. I know what this game's doing. I know that this is how every race is going to feel. Um, and there aren't a lot of exceptions to that, unfortunately. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. kind of like the only real thing that I can hold against it is that every, like, every race feels like it's running on a script. There's no dynamics to it. Um, but even with that knowledge, I'm 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 still playing it and and, and having yeah, a good. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, I'm okay. Still, I guess I got past that. Yeah, like I got past it. Like I I almost immediately got past it. Like I was just like, mm-hmm. I know what's going on here. That kind of sucks. But then I was just like, I'm still missing a couple of golds. Let's just go play it anyway. <laughs> and then three hours mm-hmm. later, I'm I, I I'm still totally on board. Like yeah, okay. Like I know what cool. the game's doing. It's a little frustrating at times, knowing that that's like oh no, I'm gonna have to fight tooth and nail like on a really rough track for those last two positions. It's like <laughs> oh my god. Because like, it, tiny... it means you're not just lapping everybody and and making it easy yeah. and making it like making the ending. They right, want the ending right. to always be exciting. 
Yeah, 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 Tango Gemini is right. This game is literally just Top Gear. Um, but yeah, like, you get, like, there was like, oh, there's only one race I've had so far, but it's literally just this world's tiniest square. <laughs> and, and there's no way to not bump into literally every car on the track. It's ridiculous. Like, I got to the end of that race, and I think you can only win by RNG. I don't know how you fucking win that race like, le- by legitimate means. It's just like, you're just getting pinballed for ten laps around that thing. <laughs> it is a miserable three minutes. <laughs> But, but other than that, like, I'm having a ball with this game. It's really fun. It's, it is it is an unexpected delight. Like, I was mm-hmm. not expecting... Like, I went into that stream just like, I don't know. It's a racing game. Let's just chat with somebody. Yeah, like, we was ch- chatting with uh, a new member of the community, Little John, who uh, joined me on commentary that night. Like, again, thanks for joining me. Uh, and we just kind of, like, we chopped it up and we were talking. And, I, like, and, ab- and about an hour in, I realized, I'm really enjoying this. This is super that fun. That very nice. Yeah, like, it was really nice. Like, especially it was coming off the Faerun stream <laughs> the previous night. <laughs> Did you delete that? Because it's not in your past broadcasts. I didn't intentionally delete it. Let me huh. check. Yeah, I is didn't it see gone? it either. I looked for it. Can you highlight it, maybe? Or something? I highlight all of my streams afterward. Okay, because I really love because I, I I'm academically interested because mm. I'm making because we're we're interested. making our Faerun killer. <laughs> we're making our Faerun our Faerun killer. Yeah, like past broadcasts. It's not there. What the oh. fuck? Are my I'm so sorry. I know that um somebody mentioned that Twitch was losing some of the past broadcasts, but that mm. was from years ago. I might Weird. have it still saved locally though because I record all of my streams. If you have that, that'd be really yeah, helpful. I'll just upload really it. That. I'm academically interested. Yeah, but um, but yeah, man, like this game's really good. If you like Top Gear, like yeah, like get on it. Like even if you liked Outrun, like even though this isn't that game, Outrun. Like, even though this isn't 100 that game, it's still really good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm having a ball with it. Like I said, I'm gonna bleed this game until I'm not having fun anymore. Uh, and I don't see that happening so far. Like I'm. It, the game's got a real good progression to it. Like, I keep getting new cars to play with, and I'm hoping there's a Wienermobile at some point. That'd be great. <laughs> or just, like, a big chonking bus that I can take around corners at 160 miles per hour. That'd be fun. I've got a... Um, getting that little and, and Prius I, on stream was the fucking best. The, the little... The, the, uh, the fucking... Uh, the, 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 the cable guy car that we got. That was the highlight of the stream when I got that. It, like, the fucking best moment. I'll report back on the on the mobile version and see how, how nice it is because it's free to try and then three dollars. So oh, I might, that's not bad. It might not actually be a miserable. Ex- yeah, so like it's I, not just free I, to play. I like that it's just a hey, this is the demo, and then you have to pay for it. Yeah, I'd be oh, interested cool. in hearing how that sign. turned out. Yeah, yeah, like the ladder has physics on the on the cable truck, and we were we. I lost my shit because the ladder kept bobbling back and forth, and I couldn't fucking race. <laughs> yes, there is a car in there called the Night Rider that is shaped like the Batmobile. I've seen its silhouette. I don't have it unlocked yet, though. Excellent. Yeah, this is a good video game, though. I'm having a, a real great time with it. Anybody else got anything? Um, I got one other thing. Yeah. What about you, Red? Red. Red. What about you? I I have another small thing. All right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna toss it to Red. We'll ta- we'll take it okay. around the horn again. Yeah. Cool. I also remember a few things about Final Fantasy when John was talking about Vesperia, and then I totally mm-hmm. forgot them again. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, 
I watched an anime. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Tell us about it. Go right into that. Let's go for it. Um, so this is funny because I haven't mentioned it on Twitter at all. Like, Ooh, interesting. These are always uh, exciting. I watched a show called Beastars. Yes! Okay. Tell me about this! Yeah, tell me about this. Oh, this is on my radar, Rhett! So, um, I almost debated not bringing this up because there's some things about it that are tricky is to talk about. Horny? How horny is Beastars? John, it's about a 10 out of 10 horny. There you go. No. Is, is it good horny or bad horny? Is it pred prey horny? Are they eating? Are they wanting to eat the rabbits and whatnot? Yes. Yes. Okay, that kind of horny. Oh yes. It's. I, I remember. Seeing, I was excited because I saw the furries on my timeline get disappointed because. Can I get? Can I call it Vorny? Vorny? Because it was yes. specifically Vorny, and I was like, oh, okay. I was getting ads for this on Facebook. It was like. <laughs> it's... Okay, so let's let's back okay. up a bit. How is it though? Um, this is a CG animated anime, mm-hmm. and unlike a bunch of the others that Netflix has, which are all like terrible looking, uh-huh. this one is done by the same studio that did Land of the Lustrous. Oh, oh, so yeah. it's extremely good looking. They're the one studio I trust now to do that. Yeah, cool. Like, pretty much immediately, you just forget that it's CG animated. You just get used to it, mm-hmm. and it's just like every once in a while you're like, oh right, like. Because like the character stills when they when they hold a position, it looks so good to just look hand drawn at that point. Right, right. Nice. Like I think it, they've, it's kind of like those uh like those Guilty Gear games like. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the, it looks good in that kind of similar That's way. That's good like, shit. Yeah. And I think this gets away with more than Guilty Gear or Lander Lustrous did because they're not using human characters. Wait a minute, are there mm. rabbit titties in this anime? Because somebody just in chat, like our good friend Elfin, who was on, like I said, who, who's our good friend Little John, he said that it was a better, he thought it was a better version of Zootopia than the rabbit took her shirt off. Are there rabbit donkers in this uh, anime, Rhett? There's not full-on nudity. This is a very sexual show. I don't want to click that. Oh, I'm, I'm going to click it. Click that. I'm going to click it. I don't care. Let's see what we got. Okay, yep. There's some there's some bunny knockers, but they are That's not more defined. Bunny than I expected for the bunny. That's a very bunny bunny. That is a very bunny bunny. Yeah, that There's is not a very, very bunny bunny to still have titties. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what this show was really going on. I got blind. <laughs> the only thing it. I knew about it was horny. That was the only thing I have known about Beastars. I saw it's one horny. clip from it, and I didn't even realize the characters are also high schoolers. Oh my god. <laughs> I saw one clip that was, like, two male characters and, like, a deer was, like, getting in the wolf's face, like, fucking eat me, bastard, you know, kind of intentionally Not the good, not the good kind like of that. eat me, either. Oh, no. But, like, he really hates the predators, obviously. Right, right, right. So, like, and then I watched the show, and the show's super horny, and I'm like, oh, this isn't really what I expected at all, huh? <laughs> this is really uncomfortable, and Rhett's, Rhett's the whole time, please don't get a Woody, please don't get a Woody, please don't Not get a Woody. Not even close to getting a Woody. <laughs> <laughs> I like but that then was, I also I like realized can... the fact that I'm, yeah. I'm watching this alongside playing a lot of Animal Crossing, just like, oh <laughs> god, that's mm, real this fucking is, weird. This is all trending in a weird direction right now. <laughs> Rhett, is there something you want to tell us? No, there's not. <laughs> I promise. Brett, there's nothing wrong with being super into wolves being I'm horny for bunnies and also into... wanting to eat them. It makes perfect sense to be horny for something and then also want to eat them. Uh, it makes perfect sense, Rhett. That's fine. Don't feel bad about it. I mean, that is kind of the the dilemma the characters in the show face. Yes! 
Yes, because Zootopia doesn't touch on that. Um, Lonely Wolf Tree doesn't touch on no. that. Interesting. You got, you got, you got, you gotta have that good, that good Twilight shit where they're, where all <laughs> oh, they're also is that you, you love them and you're horny for them and also they're delicious looking. I am very glad <laughs> that Lonely Wolf Treat doesn't go that direction. I'm, it doesn't. Okay. It wouldn't defeat Lonely Wolf Treat. You're right. I'm just saying that that is not a need. And that no. is a need that exists, and it's not met by Lonely Wolf Treat. No, no, no. Thank God. Okay, it would so, need to sacrifice many other things to meet that need, and so it's good that it doesn't. Yeah, but the need still exists. Continue, Red. So the show is basically Zootopia in high school, where it's just like a society of animals with all human level intelligence in. It's, the animation's a little weird in that they all have very humanoid bodies and mm. then just an animal head on top. Mm. <laughs> um, so, okay, the reason I almost didn't talk about this is because Zootopia is a little weird in that yeah. it presents a society where, you know, half the inhabitants are just more violent than others. Yeah. And they can't be trusted. And yeah. it gets into racial allegories and it's very uncomfortable yeah. because... It's very oh. bad. Oh. Yep, I'm. I 100% understand. Yeah. yeah, I don't think this show is doing that at all. Right. But okay. then, Uh-oh. because this show is so horny, and because it opens with the wolf attacking the rabbit. Oh man, really? Huh? It's like, oh, is this, is this an assault allegory? Oh, oh so, man, so, that's so weird. Trigger warning! Trigger warning! Trigger warning! Especially when, at some point, uh, there actually is a sexual assault, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, man! So, uh, I'm really not sure Polly would have a great time watching yeah, this show. Yeah, I mean, not that I planned on watching it anyway, yeah. but yeah. Gonna... It just, it goes a little too hard. <laughs> yeah, gonna be a big fat no on that one for me. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. That's fine, that's fine. But, like, again, I had no idea how sexual the show was going to be going in. Right, right. But, like... So once you can get past kind of the real hangups with the show, I actually really liked it a lot. Oh, interesting. It oh, just, nice. Yeah. Like, I do want to say that it just has incredibly strong characters, like with really well-defined personalities and goals and stuff. And mm-hmm. and then a lot of horny drama. <laughs> right. And then it all wrapped up pretty nicely that I wasn't expecting. And then there's one thing at the very start of the show kind of to to get this kick the story off and then they don't acknowledge it they don't really focus on it at all like other stuff starts happening and then in the last minute they bring it back up again (laughs) oh like an after credits thing oh weird and it goes to be continued in second season (laughs) i'm like because I realize this is based on a manga. Yeah, it's based on so a manga. It's uh, one of those. The lady, who, like, the lady who makes it only wears a chicken head. She will only make appearances wearing a chicken head. That's, that's very good. That's great. That's Yoko Taro energy. Yep, that's yep. real Yoko Taro energy. But like for for the first time, I was like super excited knowing that they're going to make more because I had such a good time watching. I like the how show. this conversation started as I uh, this, surely this is a dud, and now it's like man, I cannot wait for season two. More bunny titties. I, Let's go. The bunny titties are still uncomfortable, though. Are they? Oh, I don't know. It sounds to me like you're you're settling into a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You were fine with doggo knockers. When, when was I fine with dog knockers? 
it's a dumb it's a reference to an old tweet it's just a funny it's funny okay. to me and only it's me. momiji from toho yeah she okay. has dog knockers it's yeah. true wow right everybody You're... says kitty titties nobody I mean, really everyone says dog here likes everyone exactly here likes dog. everybody's always about kitty titties whatever ha- what about doggo knockers and that's why we've got momiji and toho <laughs> anyways and again I like everybody likes usagi and toho so i think i think john would like this show I think John would like the show, y'all. I, I didn't realize what a strong recommendation it was going to be coming in, but uh-huh. then, well, you think you know what the show is going to do, and that's it's just it's still going to surprise right, you, right? <laughs> Thanks. So miss, that, that's I miss the name of this Toho character. Did I say Usagi, and really it was something else? Dude, Who's the stage five boss? Yeah, Rayson Udonge. God, I just said Usagi because I didn't grab it. You probably thought you were probably thinking of it's Rayson. Yeah, Rayson Donkey. Dumb stupid. Okay, so that's my thing. Cool, like that show. Very noted. (laughs) On a lot of on a lot of levels. Thank you, Rhett. Remember when John used to be scared of being horny on the podcast, and the first time he got horny on the podcast, it was real fucking obvious. That weird wavering in his tone when he spoke, but now he's just so confident and out there about his horniness. He don't give no fucks now. He's mask <laughs> off. I still remember that boyfriend to death discussion though. Oh, that was a good time. I remember was, it was episode forty nine. That was, it was less more than half the show ago. That was so funny. I like talked to you beforehand. Like, can I bring this up? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember, but I didn't know it was gonna be. You, you were literally popping a boner that whole time, just listening. It was hilarious. <laughs> My life is good. Oh, the start of a journey. Yep. Beautiful, really. Absolutely. I think Red's gone on a journey. Twenty to twenty-four seven horny. Yep. <laughs> for for bunny titties. For I bunny titties. Who knew? Oh, shut up. Who knew? Bunny feet next. Next it'll be bunny feet. Oh no, no, Rhett, no! I mean, they're lucky. There you go. There you go. That's your end. All right. That's your end right there. I got a big fucking grin. <laughs> I'm just saying, the first time I'm watching the show, the first time that bunny starts undressing, I was like, "What the exactly fuck is this?" The, right there with the main character, like, "What the fuck is happening? Why is this what? happening?" What is so, happening? On a, so on a scale of horny, how does it compare with Ancient Magus's Bride? Since that's obviously the benchmark of horny <laughs> in anime, right? Right. It's wit. Come on, that show's not horny. The show remember is you, horny. Remember when you said Ancient Magus Bride wasn't horny? That was so. That I was just cute. did. Oh, you just did. It's still cute. Brett's very good at telling jokes. Mm-hmm. I want a big. I want a skeleton mage to possess me. I'm gonna. This is the thing. I'm and then and then to, and then have me be his bride. I'm gonna so, project into this story. It's not horny. Okay. Like I life. can. I can see the horny in B stars far more easily. Mm-hmm. I just I don't relate to the horny in Magus Bride whatsoever. Episode one, like holding the collar, like oh. See, that's the thing is that that wasn't episode one for me. That's fair. Because okay. I watched that I, I three missed, episode over, I missed, went in I with a totally different mindset. I missed the then, sad over. You're right. Yeah. I just jumped in with the sad, with the, with the Because trust me, when, when actual episode one started, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is, this is a cold open. This is a different show. Yeah. Okay. So my other big thing is that I've played a whole bunch of Tom's game, Silas. Hey, I know that video game. It's an RPG Maker MV game. It released at almost exactly the same time as Slime's. 
It was almost like it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Weren't they like literally a day apart? Like a day so, apart, which is hilarious on the same weekend. Like that's I had such to good RPG maker energy. Both of those mm-hmm. games are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was very, I was very pleased. Mm-hmm. Um, did you finish slimes? Because I have a couple memes. I have just, not like, finished slimes yet. Okay, because I have a couple memes that I can only share spoilers. Right, right. Cool, cool. Um, uh, so then I, I, I was playtesting slimes specifically. So I was like, okay, I, gotta, I need to finish this quickly. And then I start, and then I was like, I really want to finish Vesperia. So then I got into Silence in Earnest, um, and I jumped right back in after playing the very good opening, um, and I've just been mainlining it basically. I'm at the, I'm near the, I'm near the very end of the game, mm-hmm. I'm near the final, final, final dungeon, um, and I have the one, one more optional dungeon I'm excited to go through. Nice. Um, and I'm very excited about it. Mm-hmm. So, couple, th- couple like. There's a couple kind of points I want to go through here. Okay. Um, the the scene the the act break coming off of Vesperia, especially. I think the act breaks here really land. Oh yeah. Uh, in a big in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, they the there was one specific scene where I was like just like screamed at Tom afterwards, and they <laughs> said, "Yeah, that was." That was the first scene I had in mind when I thought of this game. Nice. Everything up to now was kind of building to that. And I was like, you did it! That's how some of I the did. best projects come together, though. You oh, you build for that one scene you have in your head. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of, of long-form stories. Yeah. Is that you, can, you can't make that kind of stuff land the same way mm-hmm. in a short-form story. Right. And that's the power of this kind of novel pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, is that you can do those big scenes and have them just explode, mm-hmm. um, and then having that in the context of the of this RPG of this cool RPG Maker game, and then having it do things so differently than you'd expect it to, basically having things go down so differently than you'd expect, because mm-hmm. um, that's that is the point where the game does kind of a hard line. Um, I feel like every classic style RPG, basically. Is, is what this is doing. It's doing the... You, you settle into it, and it's and it feels like you're jumping into some game from the 90s, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is fanta- which is amazing that it just immediately gets that voice. Like, it doesn't feel like an imitation. It feels like you're just jumping right it into something. It is of that era. It is of that era. And I feel like what you do there is that for most of the stories, you can just kind of do a lot of the similar things that all of them do is like okay you've arrived at this thing let's clear out the sewer yeah <laughs> so that we can find these thieves the sewer let's go with to... the amazing soundtrack though with the very amazing soundtrack um i won't let you i won't give you the pass to go through here until you go clear until you get this thing from the top of this tower to the south of this town yeah cool um so you can just do that stuff and it's all fun and nice mm-hmm. um but then you you'll want a swerve and where it's like, does do, where things happen in a way that are transformative to the rest of the story, where the rest of the story follows through on those con- on the consequences of that transformative moment, mm-hmm. and and it, it and it, mat- it matters to the characters, just sort of like, because I was thinking about this really hard in the context of Vesperia not landing these acting yeah. moments, like like, like when like, you were talking about the things that didn't land. In Vesperia, mm. I immediately knew that you were playing Silas, and it was just like, okay, I know exactly what's going to land in Silas then. Yeah, exactly. 
And now I'm up to the final dungeon, and I'm like, okay, cool, yep, this is working, this is working. Because after, after that one act break, like, for the first, like, a, there's a big chunk of the game that's sort of like the chasing after Sephiroth bit of yeah, FF7, yeah. where you're just kind of going from place to place, and then the villain's like, well, the, he was right here, he was just here, you just missed him. <laughs> yep. Um, but when you get there, shit goes down. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the story just kind of keeps going and going, and it feels really good. Yep. Um, the the optional dungeon the optional dungeons are the dungeon map design. Um, I think it's stellar. It's really um, smart. I, I really I think the forest the forest two yes was the first one where that really hit me because mm-hmm. it was it was big. And it was just big enough where I could, like, just barely hold it all in my head yep. as I was walking around it. But I had to, like, work to do it. I did start sketching out a little map, but it wasn't quite necessary. Yeah. Um, and that that feeling feels very good. Mm-hmm. Um, almost a, a little bit like Final Fantasy 1 Dungeons is, is, yeah. a, is, a, is a comparison I was making in my head a lot. That's very um, much where I was at when I was thinking about the dungeon design. of That, that and... Um, like Lunar One, uh, were the two mm-hmm. games that stri- that came to mind. Lunar, uh, yeah, Final Fantasy One, Lunar, and Fantasy Star Four were like the three things that, like, I felt that that's where all of the dungeons could be categorized. Like, this is a Fantasy Star dungeon, this is a Final Fantasy dungeon, and this is a Lunar dungeon. Oh yeah, the the tower, yeah, right before the final final thing mm-hmm. is like, oh, it's like the fa- it's like that Fantasy Star Two dungeon, yeah, except for humans. Yeah, <laughs> so I imagine that's probably a lot of Fantasy Star Four dungeons. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um. So, the the map is so I really like learning those locations, um, and I think I was comparing a lot of, with Final Fantasy One in my head because specifically a lot of what the pacing here reminds me of is the GBA version of Final Fantasy One. Yeah, which I've been which I've been mean to in the past because because yeah. it, it it drops a lot of the what what you, you specifically tweeted something to the effect of like thank you for giving me all of these ethers in for a very cheap cost in the like the first every town yeah so that i can use all of these nice skills yeah that's that nice teaching. i like that. it is like, nice. let me use the shit that's in my spell book not just for bosses mm-hmm. and that's what i sure do mm-hmm. um what it means is that there's basically no resource stress no um in my experience playing the game i was I get, very comfortable uh because i got plenty of money yeah the, there's a there's a little bit where I would have 99 others, mm-hmm. and then I'd be like, is this going to be enough, actually? Maybe I should actually... Uh, there's one point where I did double back <laughs> about two-thirds of the dungeon, like, I think I'm going to run out of others, y'all. <laughs> and I to- went back and topped off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, about a third in, I got every... Most of the people had, um, had like, area effect magic. Mm-hmm. So I would basically got into a rhythm where... Almost, or where every new encounter in every dungeon, I would figure out the most efficient yep. array of area effect magic to me. beat the tur- beat the game in one turn. Yep, I had uh, I had like a, a mental notes of every kind of enemy formation and what my strategy mm-hmm. was for each one. What the weaknesses are, yep. um, and that reminded me a lot of FF one because once I learned yeah. flare, like I remember the last time I was just flare, 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 flare. flare, flare yeah, flare, flare. that's how you uh, sweep. That's how you sweep in that game. Yeah. And, and so it's all of this stuff that kind of reminded me of Donna Souls because it's not just the it's the lots of others the very good maps because those maps are straight from mm-hmm. Final Fantasy One, um, the setting up sweeps with area effect magic, yep. the watching a counters play out because you just 
give the everyone their turns, mm-hmm. and then the, you let the, everything just kind of play out. I like a timed one that went over like a minute. Oh, nice! <laughs> I was like, I was like, it was like a six enemy encounter, and oh, then my yeah. five characters doing like their big fancy end game magic, and I like, all right, how long is this one gonna take? And I timed it, it was like eighty oh, seconds. Wow, that's awesome! <laughs> just, and I did beat it in the one turn, um, but. So all of that together, it does make it also a very light RPG experience. Oh yeah, it's very <laughs> coming directly light. coming directly off of Tales of Vesperia. So I think in some sense that let that was a little bit frustrated near mm-hmm. near the end near some of the end bits where I was um like doing some of the big optional dungeons. I was a little bit like, okay, doing these setting up these sweeps. <laughs> Yeah. Look at my phone. Look at my phone while they play out. Yeah. Setting up the speeds. That's what Looking I did. My phone while they play That's out. what I did. And then, and then putting on a podcast for a couple of the optional dungeons yeah. there. Yeah. Um. So I think coming right off of Vesperia, that specific kind of low intensity play mm-hmm. wasn't the best fit because <laughs> yeah. I was right off of another RPG like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the strength of the story has 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 more than kind of made up for that. Yeah. Um. And again, the option, and again, some of the, it, it's still like very satisfying to get through the bosses. I've been mostly beating them pretty easily, mm-hmm. but setting up the buffs and then getting them, and then like the rhythm of getting the buffs set up and then keeping them going is very pleasing to execute. Yeah, like you get into that rhythm and you you've you've cracked the nut of each encounter. You know how to kind of set your your dudes up, and it feels good to watch all that shit play out and to know like I'm playing the video game smartly. I got big mm-hmm. brain. And I think another part of it is that the exp curve is not very exponential. I think no, it's very so it ba- very nice. It, it's very. It feels like mostly linear to the point where, like, um, basically every every enemy encounter in the whole game has given me a decent chunk of XP. No matter. And, and at this point, I feel extremely over leveled because I did all the optional dungeons and I'm easily sweeping the main main enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, what level are you? So, what level are you? Oh, like uh, almost seventy, I think. What? Or, or I'm. Oh, no, I mean, I I wanted to check before the podcast, but I'm definitely over sixty. Okay. Um, but the no, I maybe not seventy. Mm. I, I'll check right after the podcast. But I'm high up there, and I I feel like it was just from wanting to explore all the maps and make sure I found all the treasure. Mm. Um, and I kind of let go of that near the, in the optional dungeons because I was like, I'm, 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 I'm basically chugging through any, all these enemies, whatever you've got here for me. Yeah. Um, I'm probably gonna be fine if oh, I miss yeah. it. Um. So. That that was like these were these were all the experiences going through my mind here is like this is a lot this is a very like gentle nice game to just kind of chug through. Oh yeah. And I think like in in the context of the Final Fantasy One remake that was sort of offensive to me <laughs> because it was in the context of a Final Fantasy One re-release where that game is basically like doing a hard wizardry with its dungeons it, it is it has teeth it has a lot of teeth mm-hmm. um but this isn't like a a racing final fantasy one for a lot of people this is its own thing yeah and i think in the context of being its own thing i can vibe with what it's doing yeah and i'm very excited to see how the story resolves and i'm very excited to see the optional dungeon where i am a boss it's, it's really good <laughs> excellent <laughs> so i think that's my i think that is like um, I wanted to honestly express 
sort of those parts of the experience there, and I think mm-hmm. I, I think I did it. I think you nailed it. Like that game's really good. I had a really good mm-hmm. time with it. Like it was that kind of RPG comfort food that I was I didn't know I needed at that time, but it was just like oh man, it's just nice to kind of bite into a nice warm slice of very lunar like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the a takeaway here is that this is a is does is doing the comfort food game thing yeah, where it yeah. is where you don't you don't have this many random encounters that are mostly easily dispatched if you're not going for that yeah. and the fact and I think that's legit like mm-hmm. that's a legit approach um, so both both Tales of Asperia and Silas kind of challenged me with parts where I'm like well oh, this isn't this isn't my favorite thing that this is doing mm-hmm. and but then I they both won me over with kind of the strengths of their visions awesome. So awesome, and that's that's my those are my media experiences. Alrighty, I got I got one more I can throw out. All right, now, this is a big one. I spent a lot of time on this one in the last couple weeks. Ooh, um, who here is familiar with Turok Dinosaur Hunter? Mm, I am from your tweets. Yeah, from my tweets. <laughs> okay, yeah, I um, played Rhett, that I game on you, N64. You, yeah, Turok on N64. Uh, Didn't so, like it. <laughs> Turok Dinosaur Hunter is some 1950s comic book that literally nobody's ever heard of. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like my I my dad was into comics in the fifties. Did not know. Like was like I did I had done the research and heard about it even back in the day. I was like, what is Truck Dinosaur Hunter? And like I asked my dad, it's like, have you heard of this? He's like, No. (laughs) Doesn't ring a bell at all. That's too bad. Could you imagine somebody who knew those comics just being so (laughs) seeing the video game version? See it being so stoked that their 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 weird thing is finally you know being recognized, but apparently it's just like it's a weird property that Acclaim picked up when they bought uh, some other studio who had the license. Huh. It it's just a weird thing. Like they were just like they threw the, they threw all of their IPs at Iguana and said make a video game out of something. I don't know, and they chose Turok Dinosaur Hunter. That's basically how Turok resurged. It was just like this one looks like the one we could build an action game around. <laughs> cool that's so weird though because like why would you use an ip that is essentially worthless i maybe trying to just build your own brands i mean but then wouldn't you just i don't know make your own ip then yeah it's just very strange it's a very weird thing but turok on the n64 is a very weird thing it's a bit it's a bit of a technical marvel because uh, i think that like prior to seeing this game the only real experience i think a lot of people had had with first person shooters um if you were primarily a console gamer was just doom because doom yeah because from Mm -hmm. 1992 to 1995 doom was literally ported to everything like there's a port of doom on the 32x there's a port of doom on the snes that is crappy but it's a technical marvel Mm -hmm. so when i first saw turok like i was just like I've I've never seen a game move like this. This game is very yeah. fast. It's very vertical. Um, uh, the the I've never seen an enemy get shot, grab his throat, and bleed out. Like oh my god, that's god. pretty that's pretty violent. Jesus. Um, this was before Goldeneye. Yeah, this checked. was before Goldeneye. Yeah. This was before Half Life, and I think this this might have been just a bit after Quake. Mm-hmm. Um, which was PC only. Yeah, which was PC only. So, like, well, I did just remember one first-person shooter on 19, 1995, Jumping Flash. Okay, Jumping <laughs> Flash. Okay. But, which well, controlled it, very differently. It, yes. As did Turok very... on the N64. 
Uh, Turok on the N64 had a weird control scheme where, like, they had a few control schemes, but the one I remember actually using, and I think most people use, was that you use the C buttons to move with your right hand, and you mm. use the left stick, and you use the left stick to move, the, 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 the analog stick, you use that to move, and then you use the trigger on the bottom to shoot. Uh, but you could also change it to be like move with the D-pad, look with the look with the uh, uh, stick or the C buttons yeah. as well. It was they had a lot of setups because the N64 controller was weird, and this was made. This game was directed by a guy that had never directed a game before. So, <laughs> I mean, there was no standard to follow. There was no standard for how to do this. So the game had like a really graceful yeah. auto aim, thankfully. Um, and, and I ultimately, like, I thought this game worked fine. Like, and this is somebody who I... struggle with 3D games. It took me a right? long time to get comfortable with dual analog controls, but I beat Turok 1 on the N64. Like, that just blows my mind. I di- it didn't blow my mind until I literally just started thinking about it this week. It was like, yeah. I spent a long time hating dual analog controls. So, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I beat Turok, which is just like, that's crazy. So, Turok got ported to the PC, and I think I think it was 2015 by a company called Night Dive, and they're primarily responsible for like rescuing a bunch of old games um, and bringing them to modern consoles, modern PCs, and like they, they they've worked on stuff like System Shock 2, loads of Wizardry games, and I think most recently they were involved with the uh, Doom 64, but that Doom 64 port has been out for a long... Like, I've, I've had that Doom 64 port since, like, 2012 on PC. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I think, like, some of the people that work at Night Dive were involved with this as well. Um, but they took that game, they took the original Turok, and they kind of upped it to, to what I think the original vision was. Like, this is... And, or this was envisioned as a fast-moving, very vertical game. It, it For the time, like, you didn't really see a lot of platforming in first-person shooters because most first-person shooters were very flat. Mm, Um, This game is very vertical. There's a lot of jumping and that was really weird at the time. Um, So it gave this game kind of its own unique feel. This was before Half-Life. So, like, again, this is... uh, The the series has kind of innovated a lot and I'm not sure it maybe got the credit it deserved. Yeah. Um, Mm. But this uh, this update by Night Dive jumps it up to 60 frames per second from 24 nice. on the N64, nice. which it just makes this game look slick as shit. They, uh, <laughs> they expanded the draw distance because the draw distance on the N64 was rough. Uh, the fog, yeah. the fog adds something to that game. Don't get me wrong. Like I think that the fog on the N64 game really makes it feel atmospheric and and really claustrophobic but yeah. it can hinder the gameplay a bit it makes some things that are out of like if, if you look down and there's a platform you need to drop down to sometimes the fog is covering that and that's bad like that mm. doesn't work because then mm, you just yeah. then you've just got to take a leap of faith um but this game remedies this game remedies that but you were saying I definitely remember it being kind of scary, like walking into the fog, being like dinosaurs just going to jump out yeah, and be like five feet in front of me. Fucking jumps out at you, mm-hmm. um, and there's still a good amount of fog in the new one. Oh, there like, is. I remember, yeah, like that's pretty striking still, even now looking at footage. Yeah, they didn't get rid of it, and I think that that's smart but, because I still think that, yeah. that fog adds something to what that game is. Um, mm. And I don't know whether they kept it for a technical reason or if it's there because they knew that this actually adds something to the experience. But I, I pretend that I, 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 I tend to think it is the latter. I think that it adds more to the experience. 
Mm-hmm. I um, think if you just made the draw distance infinite, it would look really goofy. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't look quite right, I don't think. Um, but uh, this is just a super solid update of that. Uh, yeah. They they did some uh, they did some reworking of the levels just a bit to kind of, they 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 rerouted some of the the routes to some of the keys. Uh, because mm-hmm. they were a little off the beaten path and maybe were a little too secrety in the original, whereas now they're like, if you kind of like explore a lot and and and, and do your due diligence, you're going to find every key before you leave a level and you won't have to come back to it. Because uh, cool. basically, how the system works is you go into like, let's say you go into level one. It has six keys in it. There there are three level two keys and three level three keys. And they, in order to open level two, you need to get all the level two keys and level yeah, it, and on and on. That's how all <laughs> that's how this, the key system in the game works. You get you get to a hub after the first level, and then you start mm. putting keys in and going through the portals to go into the next level. So it's it, it's an interesting system. And um, another thing that's just like that was hugely interesting at the time is the maps in this game are huge. They're ridiculously large. Like like Doom maps don't even compare. Um. But like these maps, like at the time, they just felt sprawling and almost. And they're so vertical. Like that, that yes. footage you sent me was so striking. Yeah, like and that's why I think that this game is like essentially your jam because there's so mm. much meatiness to it, and and like especially with this new version where you're able to just move so fast and flow so freely. Where as the original, you kind of had to take your time a little bit more. You had to gauge your jumps a little bit. You had to like look down at the ground more to make sure you were where you were at in the 3d space. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas this game, like I just got into a feel where I could just like, I would run off of a cliff and then just jump because it's got that wily coyote kind of uh, jump (laughs) into it where you can walk off and you've got like a very good grace period to jump. So there's just a lot of fun shit that you can do with like the the, the horizontal momentum you have and the vertical uh, uh, way that a lot of the levels are constructed. Um, I like the I like this remake so much that I played it twice in two days. Nice. Wow. I, I finished days? it. I finished it, and then I finished it on hardcore mode. Like I just Fuck liked yeah. it. I like I had enough of a fun experience with that, like experiencing that game again. That I just played it twice. Like it was just so good. That rules. Yeah, like, I can't recommend that enough. Like, I think that it is a super solid... Like, it, it, I don't think that um, in, in terms of things like enemy AI or enemy placement or even some of the map design compares to some of the stuff id was doing at the time, I think that it's it, it maybe slightly worse than that, but I think mm-hmm. that yeah. and it may lack a lot of the same variety, but the tools that this game has in its toolbox, it uses them really well. Like, I was just consistently, like... I was consistently marveling at like, yeah, this 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 level design is really really smart and good. It the levels wrap around in and on themselves in such a way that feels really smart. Uh, most of the secrets in the game aren't like, oh, you tapped on or ran through a random wall. Like a lot of them are just like you did your due diligence and you explored. Here's like a chain gun early. Like you can get the auto shotgun in level one if you just search around a lot. Um, and so, so they, they did a lot of smart things with natural level design rather than just like, oh, I walked up to a random wall and hit the use button and then it slid yeah. open. Like, there is some of that in the later levels, but like a lot of like stages one through five, six, even a lot of the features are the, a lot of the secrets are just naturally there. You just got to go and look for them a little bit. Like if something looks weird, go investigate it. Like, and, and also it's a game that's got like a live system <laughs> and you collect things to earn more lives. <laughs> wild it's very video so game. what happens if you run out of lives you game over and then you, you have start you you, you there, there are save totems in the middle of levels so you can just like reload uh, save uh, okay 
So it's it's not that punishing, but so so you have to reload a save though. You won't just yeah. like respawn with three lives. No, oh, no, wow. you have That's to reload your save. You you reload your so save. So you could save with with no lives. You could save with no lives and have a real fun time. Yeah, yeah. The game's not too mean spirited. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't find too many instances where like if I was in a bad situation, I wouldn't be able to recover. Uh, because enemies are pretty good about dropping ammo and health. Like a lot of enemies just drop two health all the time. So mm-hmm. it's very generous uh, with 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 giving you the stuff. And and, and Turok, a uh, lot of fun weaponry in these games. Turns out uh, there's just a lot of fun weapons. Uh, they got a lot of impact. They feel good. Um, I think like with Turok one, they were just getting started. But like later games, kind of like the weapons just get way more cooler. Um, uh, speaking of, guess what? <laughs> I there's Turok. a Game Boy Color game. Yeah, there's a Game Boy. Oh man, those games are. I know, I remember re- mm. uh, like um, one of those games being run at a speedrunning marathon, and one of their um, one of the developers was on call, and he had worked on all three of the Game Boy Color Turok games, and apparently, like it was almost a nightmare every time they had to do one. Wait, <laughs> did you MLA? say? There are three Turok Game Boy games. I think there's four because I think they did a port of Rage Wars as well. Oh my god. That's what I'm looking at now. I'm looking at, yeah, Game of Cues. Turok, Battle for the Bionosaurus for the original Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Turok 2, Seeds of Evil, Game Boy Color. Turok 3, Shadow of Oblivion, Game Boy Color. I don't, can- oh, the- cancel Game Boy Advance one, I think? Or at least I'll cancel Game Boy Ga- Advance game? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Oh, wait, like- and there's Turok Rage Wars, Game Boy Color 2000. Yeah, there it is. So two in the same year, assuming those came out, because, yeah, it looks like there's a GBA game. I'm not sure it came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So that you played all of those, right, Polly? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I moved on to Turok 2, which uh, Night Dive also. I guess also. that's a more logical progression. I guess that's a, more that's logical a way more logical progression, I think. You know, one to two, I kind of like that. I think that that's a good sequence of events in, order, in a yeah. way to experience things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I moved on to Turok 2, which is also by Night Dive. Uh, both of these games were generously gifted to me by Red, by the way. He had them in Aww. Humble Bundles, and he was a sweetheart. He was a I sweetheart. gave you every game you talked about this week. You actually <laughs> did, yeah. That's, wow. That's kind of incredible, actually. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I know. I, just, I think that's funny that I've got all of the games but, uh, come, from, when come from your, your bundles. Turok, yeah. I didn't even think about that till now. Uh, so I was familiar with Turok 2, but I never played much of it or finished it on N64. I didn't own it. Um, it just seemed like a pretty okay upgrade to the original at the time. Like, I, I was already on to, like, PlayStation and mostly RPGs by the time Turok 2 came out. Um, mm. But it's, like, big and meaty. Like, it is an entirely different beast from the first one. Like, the guns, the sounds, enemy designs, and aggression. That Everything's dialed up in a way that makes a lot of what the game's doing. It feels super satisfying at first. Um, it, it may be one of like the most fun and useful weapon sets I've ever played with in an FPS. Like they're so cool. all of the weapons in that game are just. Some would say maybe they're over designed, but I think that they everyone they went out of their way to try to make every single thing useful, and there's like 17 of them. God, that's that's impressive. That is a load of sh- also shout outs to the cerebral boar, which I was gonna say. My one my one memory of this game is just glitching or not glitching, but you know, cheat coding to the last level and just playing with the cerebral roar. The cerebral roar <laughs> is a weapon that fires out a small drill bit that homes in on the nearest target, drills itself into the enemy's head. You hear it scraping and cleaning everything out. You see them stand there with a big fountain of blood and brain flying out. And if that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough. 
the bit explodes and blows their head off at the same time. <laughs> it's straight up a Mortal Kombat fatality. It's a Mortal Kombat fatality right in the middle of a fucking gunfight. And you can fire off, like, five of these at once. I had, like, I had rooms full of guys getting drilled. It sounded like a dentist's office. Oh my god. It was so good. I had so much fun with the weapons in this game. Like, the plasma rifle is the best plasma rifle in the world. If you fire it from the hip, it fire Like, it's a little explosion when it hits something. It does a little AoE, but if you go into the scope mode, it's a sniper rifle. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, it's so good. There's so many good weapons. Like, this game has an amazing weapon set. I love it to death. Um, this game is hugely different, though. Uh, the mm -hmm. pace is slowed way down. Turok is a lot heavier. There's a lot more gravity on his jumps. There's not even mu there's not much emphasis on platforming in this game at all. Whereas that <sighs> first that first game has so much, and it feels really good, especially on these upgrades mm -hmm. uh, that that Night Dive did. Um, but like overall, this feels like it's kind of like it's really going more for that Doom. Uh, and I like a slower quake kind of feel. Like uh, it, it's it's crunchier, it's meatier, but like it really lost almost all of the character that I think that the original the had. first game had. Yeah, like that mm. first game, it just feel like even on the N sixty four, despite the fact that it is a slow game, you can still get you can still go pretty good in that game if you're good at it. Uh, mm -hmm. There are some speed runs of that game that look incredible. Um, with Turok 2, you're just like, you're really slow, even when you're running, uh, your jump is just not satisfying at all, like, you can barely clear one crate, like, it's just like, Jesus, like, what happened here? Um, uh, but, uh, that's not the big issue I have with Turok okay. 2. Uh, Turok 2's level designs are, oh my god. <laughs> It, it sounds took, like the it sounds like the technical term is bad. Oh, oh, it took me ninety minutes to finish the first level. Should the, have been a warning. It took me seventy minutes to finish it when I had to do it again because I didn't oh, know right. because I didn't know that the game didn't save. Like this is on me. This one's on me. I didn't know that the game did not auto save, and I also didn't know that. Like, like, that there weren't save totems in the game like there were in the first one. Like, I was like, mm -hmm. okay, but the thing is, and, and I didn't find this out until later, there, there are checkpoint warps that you can go into. In the N64 game, you saved at those. They took out the save option in this version. Oh, weird. So you can oh, only weird. manually save all the time. You can only, like, so if you're not making the save yourself, you're not saved. So I played the first level and a good part of the second level, come back the next day, I, oh, oh, whoops, I don't have a save file. So I had to replay all that shit again. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but luckily it was like more like good Turok fun, right? Oh, right, yeah. Well, you yeah. did it 20 minutes faster. That's a massive improvement. Oh, yeah, yeah. That big old PB I mean, right there for me. You replayed You replayed the first game immediately, so replaying this would still well, be just, a lot of fun. It, it was cake. And to be honest, it didn't bother me that much at first, because it was like, okay, this game still feels okay. I'm having a, I'm having a good amount of fun. This game's really... This weapon loadout rules. This weapon loadout rules. The enemies react a lot to the way that you're treating them. Like, they have a lot... They did a lot of animation work to make sure that these enemies are very gored up in the way you want to gore them up. <laughs> like, you can blow their fucking arms off. This game's got... This game has... This game has damage modeling in 1998. Like, that's kind of incredible. 
You can blow mm-hmm. off their arms, blow off a fucking leg. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but the level designs, oh my god, like, oh my, ugh. The level designs, <laughs> like, especially starting with level two, like, the level designs are like nervous breakdown ready to happen <laughs> for fun. Like, for people that have problems with indecisiveness, because every room is over designed to the point of, like, somebody, I swear, like, somebody sat down and were like, all right, I'm going to make the best maps in the world. And they're sitting there jacking off, making every room wrap in and around itself four different times so that you forget where you're going even in one fucking room. And it's just the levels are way more sprawling than the original two. Mm-hmm. And the level design is so busy at all times. Like, you can't, like, in, mm-hmm. in Turok 1, there's a lot of flat area and you can, like, see the world around you. It's not, like, your eyes are given a chance to breathe. In turn mm-hmm. two, like you can't look anywhere without like there's pillars, there's a wall, there's crates stacked a mile high that I can't jump over. Like it's just there's always something there in your view, and it's it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the way that the levels are so fucking like you get to a point and it's like okay, here's my new here's my new sort of hub for this level. There are eight ways for me to go. <laughs> Two, three of them wrap back around here. I need to find the five that don't. And uh, and then they're like... So on top of keys... So keys were kind of the only thing you had needed to collect in the first game. Mm-hmm. The level keys. And, and the, there were optional Chrono Scepter pieces, which is like an ultimate weapon you can build to basically annihilate the final boss if you put in the time to find it. Mm-hmm. Which is really fun and satisfying, right? So, Turok 2 is like fucking Banjo-Kazooie or something. Because <laughs> you've got to find you've got to find level keys. Then you've got to find feathers. Then you've got to find the the, uh, the warp point that lets you use that feather. Then you've got to find golden bananas. Then you've, yeah, yeah, I was thinking. Then you've got to fucking find... Then you've got to find um, the nuke part. Which every level has a nuke part. Before you're okay. building another ultimate weapon. <laughs> Um, that's not all. We'll get back to that in a moment. Um, but the level design is just way too damn busy all the time. Like, the only time I had, like, like the only time I feel that it let up and I was having a decent time were levels 3, 4, and 5. And this is like, the next day after I had said I was done with the game, I did the poly thing, and I came back mm-hmm. to it. Uh, yeah. so I played level 3, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, like, this, it doesn't feel like old Turok, but the level design didn't, like, make me want to shoot myself. Um... <laughs> At level four, like, okay, it's a little more twisty, it's a little more cavernous, but I understand, like, it's, it, you know, like, it's fine. I, I like this, too. Level five, okay, you're pushing it a little bit, uh, but I still finished it. So, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, back to collectibles. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Every, every level also has mission objectives that you need to complete. Uh, this was also okay. not, this, this was also not in the original Turok, but, yeah, like, there are, like, Okay, like, so along with finding all of that dumb shit, which is required, you have to find those items in order to finish the game. You okay. Have to, you, you, so it's like, okay, now you've got to find four things around the level and beat a, a, and destroy those. And now you've got to go rescue five people. Um, so that, all of that on top of all the collectibles, and if you get to the end of the fucking level and you get to the warp gate to go to the boss and you don't and you haven't completed all those objectives, it just warps you back to the start of the level. Oh, oh man. Because that's, boy, oh. that's real unfortunate, isn't it? Oh, um, boy. 
This sounds extremely like, oh, people like Banjo Kazooie and people like Goldeneye. That's yeah. what it yeah. feels like. Those have collectibles. It feels like a reaction to what those games did. Definitely, because yeah. I'm looking at the release dates for the games, and yeah, Turok One was like six months before Goldeneye. Yep. So then, and the then objective thing specifically. They, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. that. And then Turok Two was a year after that. But like the levels are designed in such a way, like they feel mean spirited. Like it feels like it's very <laughs> purposeful. It feels like they're very purposefully trying to make you not be able to find the objectives and the keys and the shit that you need. Every path mm. just leads to some worthless dead end or wraps in and around back to the same room, and it's just like this feels shitty. I hate every bit of this. Yeah, and it's especially bad because I got to the I got to the final level, which is where I quit the le- I quit the fucking game <laughs> at this point. I played this level for literally one hour, and it is the worst Wolfenstein 3D aping I've ever seen in my life. It is literally copy paste corridors and square rooms that wrap in and around and keep doing so until you want to fucking blow your brains out. I, I had a headache afterward and I needed to lie down. I was I had only completed one objective. Oh. And that's not all. See, I had to complete that level, complete all five of its objectives, find all of the items on it, then I can't fight the final boss yet. Because I have to go back through uh-huh. all six I have to go back through all six levels to find each primogen key which is needed to unlock the, bo- the the door for the final levels bo- for the final boss were they available the first time through nope you can only get nope. them you can only oh. get them when you've acquired all of the power ups from the feathers in every level oof oof it's like oof. I, what happened here <laughs> like i had fun for a little bit it, it worked for a little while but then it just goes like I told myself, like, like I was as I was contemplating that uninstall button. I was sitting there. I was like, <laughs> I could, I could, f- I could see myself fighting my way through, um, through the Privagen Lightship level. I could see myself fighting through it. I still see you doing it. I could still. I could You're do still that. very stubborn. But then I'd have to go find the like, and then, and then like my mind yeah, immediately exactly. went to the Primogen keys, and like, yeah. I have to go, like. I didn't make mental notes of where those things were. And a lot of the times they put them out in plain view. It's just, ha you can't get it. And like the maps are just impossible to follow. Like there's so much information that it's hard to actually landmark yourself any, in any of these maps. Like it's hard to make a landmark and make it work because so much of the game either looks too similar or you're putting so much information in your brain that you've already shoved the landmark out. It, it just bums me out because I I, I like this game, sort of. You like the first one? I like the first one a lot. Like I think I think Turok One is still rad. Yeah. But like, and I enjoyed parts of two, but for vastly different reasons. But overall, like, what the fuck is with this level design? Like, it just feels. <laughs> Like I said, it feels like somebody was like, I'm going to make the most complex maps imaginable. <laughs> People are going to sing praises about how crazy and weird my maps are, and I'm jacking off because they're so good. 
That seems like it's moving a, a lot away from, like, the arcade clarity yeah. of that first one. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like over-designed Doom 2 levels, which Doom 2 levels are already kind of... Uh, yeah. When you compare them to the, to, to the more... The more the way that Doom One levels flow when you move mm. to two, two starts to feel more obtuse and kind of fucky, mm-hmm. and, and that's sort of what this game is sort of drawing from. It's like, what are all of the bad things that the creators of Doom Two maps did, and how can I put them all in my <laughs> one game? It's funny you mentioned Doom because I was thinking, you know, how in the first Doom, like everyone knows who made each map yep <laughs> like oh this is a romero map or whatever yeah like i wonder if you could look at the credits for turok to figure out like who who made was what the level designer and who what changed between the two games yeah that would be interesting i would i would like to compare the credits because this is such an about face to what yeah. that first game is that it almost feels like it would be it was designed by an entirely different team It's it, yeah. It's it's yeah, yeah. Like yeah. so, they didn't remaster three, did they? No, I it like for, for one and two, they had PC versions to work from, so yeah. they were able to kind of mm. they were kind of able to work like they worked with N sixty four and PC assets to make the first two games yeah. work. There is no PC port of the third game, and uh, f- hearing what they've said, like the source code is hard to work with. So, mm. like for them to kind of make the kind of remake. They would they would want to start from a base of already having like a PC version, yeah. uh, where they can just gussy that up a lot. And again, these are super solid uh, remakes. Like the the, the Turok Two remake, like again, it looks incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. Cool. Like they, they they solved all of the issues about that game. Like this game does not have slowdown that the N sixty four version does. And again, this well, is I a very not. <laughs> this is sorry. A, are y'all hearing that? It's the um. It's the eight o'clock wooing. Oh, I didn't hear a little bit. I heard yeah, a okay. bit of the woo the last time we did. Yeah. It's so we solidarity. Did. John, are you going to go to the window and woo? Will you go to the woo. window and woo for us, John? Woo! That's okay. as much as I'm. I, I'm, I'm well, not. Now I, I hear the siren. I think. I think a cop just does that every night as part of it. But as part of the your, wooing. Shut up. Shut uh, up. As part of our communal woo. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. I, I like the wooing. I don't like the, the cop. Well, nobody <laughs> fucking likes cops. Fuck cops. Obviously. Except for Flint. He's like, me too. Me too, what? guys. <laughs> can I be part of it? Uh, and then so, they flash so, the lights off and off him. All right, continue. Bob. So as it stands, Turok 2 is an impressive N64 game. When you consider like what that game is and you see that game in motion on the N64, it's kind of incredible that it happened. Um, but just... There are so many aspects about its actual design and the things that make it work uh, that I I just can't get behind at all. Like I, yeah, I tried so hard. Like and I, like I said, those levels three, four, and five. Like even though they didn't, even though they lacked that flavor that the first game that I enjoyed a lot, I still found reasons to kind of enjoy those three levels. And then after you know, it's just like one. One, two, and six just fucking broke me. Like those were just awful, mm-hmm. so bad. And um, then having to do the revisit at the end of it—that's killer. Yeah, that's like, just that so just that's, that's so, so garbage. Anti arcadey. Yeah, you know, it's very much just kind of moving into that later. You know that that yeah, the like worst part of Metroid Prime. Yeah, the arc, <laughs> the artifact. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, 
I still recommend Turok 1. I mean, Turok 2, if if you've got patience for some real fucking bullshit, <laughs> a level design-wise, fine. Um, it I definitely guess, sounds like the first game is the one to check out. Yeah, like, absolutely. I think that was the most fun. It just feels really good to move around and jump and shoot yeah. things while you're moving really fast. And you just, you don't get that sense at all with the second game. It's just a, an entirely different mindset and, philo- and design philosophy that... It doesn't work for me. I don't like it because I already liked what they did with the first one and I thought that that gave the game and the series a unique identity. Um, so that's that. Um, that that That's my Turok experience. Uh, and I think that's pretty much everything yeah. for everybody. Is that it? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. That was, that was cool. It was cool watching you go through that journey even if the second one turned out to be disappointing. Yeah. Like, I wanted to like that second one so hard. Uh, like I really, really wanted to. Um, but um, you played most of it. Anyways. I played most of it, so it's fine. Like I, I can't say nobody can say I didn't fucking try. You really did. Yeah. So uh, I want to thank everybody for coming out again uh, for these. It's always it's always a pleasure to have an audience. Uh, everybody kind of bounce off of and uh, giving us your time on a Sunday evening when you could probably be doing something way more fun uh, instead of listening to us idiots blabber. It always means a lot that you all stop by. And, of course, thank you for the support in the bits and the subs. is always appreciated. Um, and remember, May 10th. Yes. We need your game of the decade lists by May 10th. 10th. If you need information on how to do that, head on over to our site. Check the forums. Rhett's got a big old guide there on how you on how you fill that out. It's real easy. And we've already got some amazing lists in already. But we and want Polly yours. Is sick of making banners. And I am sick of making banners. That is exactly why we're putting a date on this thing. Because I have made <laughs> like almost 400 banners right now. Oh my god. Oh my god You're doing the Lord's work. I'm doing the Lord's work. I'm making all it's gonna, the this banners. This is going to be a very pretty list. This is going to be a very pretty list. It, look, I, we like somebody uh, asked on the forum, I think it was Little John actually, if we were ever going to do like a worst cartoons list or something and i was like you know like this is probably going to be the last list we're doing so we're going out with a bang i guess cool i think personally i wouldn't want to do a worse list at this yeah, point like, i i don't we'll want to focus put, on positivity I, i'm kind of mm. done putting negativity into the world right now just i that ain't my steve yeah yeah but yeah may 10th is when we want your final lists and it'll be real great uh we promise you we will start getting that thing put together it'll probably take us a bit to get the final results together but we're gonna do a podcast it's gonna take me a bit <laughs> yeah but we're gonna we're gonna do like a podcast for the final part of the list's reveal yeah. so that we can, we actually do a fun countdown to the actual game of the decade which will be really fun uh i think that's gonna be a really fun uh live show to be at but it'll also be archived too so don't worry about that john thire where can our internet friends find you faraway and Rhett. Geldevel Island on Animal Crossing. You have a, yeah, do you have like a, a, a dodo no, code or anything? It's <laughs> those dodo codes expire, so no. Oh right, right, right. I don't know how it works. If it just if you disconnect for any reason, you need a new one. It's oh, it's the fantastic. It's, the worst. it's oh my really God. good I, Nintendo design, right? I had like a twenty minute experience trying to get to somebody's island to sell turnips, and it was fucking miserable. But I made two million, so. <laughs> I like last. I like last time where Polly Polly was like, I don't know why you're thinking it's this numbers go up game. No, it's not really that. And then for two weeks straight of that's all oh, I sold. Hear. I got my turnips and I sold them for the stocks and I got the I sold them for fifteen okay. bells and I got a two hundred per, per turnip back. But oh no, Again. my turnips went bad. 
So I okay, you're, sell that's, that's you listening to everybody. I haven't had turnips go bad. All I did was get two million bells so that I could move some bridges and houses around. The bridges mm. are so fucking expensive. They're like 200,000. Jesus mm. Christ. You gotta bend the world to your will. Yeah. Threat. Change it. Destroy it. So now that, that it I have money, I can bury... Vision. <laughs> every day I can bury 99,000 bells and make a bell tree. Jesus. And then it pays out, so I don't have to do the onion shit anymore. You can get more numbers, so you can get change your resources, so you can get a nicer village. My favorite part of this Animal Crossing bullshit mm-hmm. is for, for for weeks, people have been trying to figure out what the prerequisites are oh, for the yeah. store upgrade. <laughs> and then there have been all of these really fun prerequisites thrown around, like you need to spend this much, you need to blah, 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 it needs to be a Tuesday, you need to scratch your butthole. Uh, <laughs> all this dumb shit. It's like, oh no, the, you just need to have your, you just need to play for 30 days. You time traveled, you pieces of shit. <laughs> Everybody that had it fucking time traveled and acting like they hadn't the whole time you'd exposed a whole bunch of fucking cheaters we see you motherfuckers oh, that's good. we see all you motherfuckers <laughs> i laughed so i had such a healthy gut laugh when i saw that this morning it was just wait 30 fucking days you little fucking babies you can't wait 30 fucking days oh, that's so God. good because the game hasn't been out 30 days as of you know yeah, it's right funny. Now. Like so, like everybody I've seen streaming this game, acting like they're way too good to time travel, but they got that store upgrade. Big ol' thinky dinky. It's a very slow game at the start. <laughs> Don't justify them. <laughs> you cheated not only the game but yourself. <laughs> and remember. We are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you. Polly, the people aren't here to hear about our technical issues. They're They're here to hear our great um, banter and great media opinions. We have those? I mean, I know we Obviously. have. I know we have opinions. I don't know if I'd call them great. I feel like at least one out of three opinions on this podcast are great. Okay, let me try one, and you tell me that this is a hit or miss. All right. Okay. Faerun is trash. Oh, that's a bad one. No, that's a go- John, oh, come on. Ahead and missing. No, John, come on, come on. <gasps> Leapner, hey, thank you for hey, the one hundred. Hey. <laughs> Bring back RC Pro Am. Let's play a game where we post a screenshot that says. Where's the indication of this hidden wall? And then dude, I point out the dude, pixels dude. that are the indication I, on the hidden wall. I and this... then you go, where is it? I don't understand. John, oh, I a... literally had to look at that image in Photoshop and magnify it. Those, th- th- There are two colors of pixels on that floor. One of them does not read well on my monitor at all. You cannot see it. Okay. I, only, I was only able to tell it was a different color because I was using the, the control click button to, to look at each color individually, and I noticed that it changed on one pixel. Oh, okay, so that was the it was a it was an, a technical issue on your end. That's then. a technical issue. Like I because okay. I like I showed it to a bunch of people, and they were like, "I can see a small change in the pixel color around that part of the wall," and I oh. literally don't see it. Either one, you all are lying. Two. I'm colorblind, or three, this is a technical issue, and it was a technical issue. That's where my brain went to. It's like, oh my god, is Polly colorblind? Is this is this how we find And that? she's colorblind. <laughs> I think I am colorblind to some degree, but I don't know if it's that 
kind of colorblind. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, hey want to know what I think of Faerun? Y- yes! What do you think? <laughs> you played it. That was good. Rhett came through with the big raunchy fart and the resub. Oh, that yeah. was very well timed. You you coordinated that very well. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Rhett. Yeah, yeah, Rhett did actually play it too. So I, I, your socks cast approved in my heart. Oh my god. <laughs> don't worry. It's like 33% approval rate of the socks Rhett's cast. like, I don't like that the combat, you just touch the enemies. It's, it's bad. It's not I, combat. It's and not. Holly's like, I don't like these. They're not puzzles. And that means. It, oh no. It, whether or not they're good doesn't matter. What matters is that they're not puzzles. John, make no mistake. I hated the combat and the puzzles. <laughs> like, no, it's fine. Like, we literally hated everything about this video game. Yeah. I'm going to make a game exactly like this. Oh, Next. fantastic. I, I love it. I've been dying to make a game like Fairground. I want a whole bunch. Like, so many more invisible paths that are not indicated <laughs> anywhere. I, I was, for, you know what, I, you know what almost happened with this game? You know what almost happened with this game? I almost opened Game Maker and said, I can do better. Hey, that's something. Hey, there's I almost. Something. I, all, I was the like, I can, make, the, I can make this game and I can make it better was my thought. And I almost fucking did it. I'll help you. I got, all right. All right, John. We will make our own Faerun like. Me and you. <laughs> collaborate I'm once so, again. I'm you heard it right here, folks. I wanted to do it. I'll do it with you. All we right. can get we Let's can funnel our, both of our energies into it. All right, but John <laughs> likes Faerun. That's fu- that's perfect. That's, that's a great energy. To... We got one person that likes it, one person that hates it, and, and, and thinks that they can make a better version of it. Just, like we can, we can yeah. do this. I think that we got. To, all right, next project by John and by John and Polycorp. Here it is. Fabulous. We don't have a name for it yet or a premise. Other than it's going to be better than Faerun. Uh, it I'll won't be, be better than Faerun, but it will be a good time. See, <laughs> already disagreeing. <laughs> June, okay, flat, June likes Faerun, but understands why I hate it. Fail. Oh, I don't. Fail. Oh, I don't. All your, all your reasons there it are is. nonsense. I don't. June just did it. June already <laughs> won the podcast. You let your fa- you you said for like years that your favorite game was Super Metroid. Like it's Metroid is Invisible Wall Central. <sighs> John, it's really not. John, here's what you're it's not understanding. Really, really not. Like Metroid Two, and that's like that's. I will tell you exactly what you're not understanding. All right. N- Nintendo is valuable. Nintendo games are good, and this Nintendo is a games dumb are indie good. Game. It's a dumb phone game. So it's it a can't dumb, be as good it's as a Nintendo dumb, game. crappy phone game. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make Faerun, but I'm going to take the bullshit game and make it better, just like Metroid ARM Two. You can make you can add um, heart pieces to find. So add make heart pieces, uh, some jiggies, some puzzle pieces. Zach, there's I put every single screenshot Polly posted was like, oh, here's a conspicuous dead end with bright lights pointing up. I wonder what's up here. And then you have a map even in the version Polly was playing. So it's like, I wonder how I get to this square on the screen. I can only get to from one of four possible sides. If only there was some way I could check. Here's the thing. Here's my thing about that bullshit, though. Every part of Faerun's overworld map is 100% designed to make you take the longest fucking path imaginable when there's no reason to. Other than, man, my game needs to be a little longer. It's the whole game. There's no other game. Because, like like Red said, the combat's just kind of a cute filler. It's just a cute thing. The, the meat of the game is all in just navigating and learning the, how this world is shaped and then doing the little simple 
put the the rocks in the thing puzzles like i had to, the walk, navigation behind, I had to walk behind pillars and off the right side of the screen to find a fucking oh. exit twice oh no there is no way that was fucking telegraphed oh no i There's walked the by those exits walk five by. times on that something? stream alone <laughs> Ladies and oh, gentlemen, four, it's it's like a ten by ten tile room. How can I explore every angle? It's so much. This is too much for me. This is why I never talked about Anodyne Two when I finished it. <laughs> I you see, I came away from the Farron thread being like, you know, I don't think I was being as much of a dick this time <laughs> as I was on the Anodyne Two one. So I don't understand why Polly's mad, but now I am being a dick, so I get it. And I'm just playing it up for funsies. I'm not. I don't give a shit either way. Okay, I'm. Cool. I'm. I'm literally <laughs> playing. I'm literally going okay. to play Faerun two. <laughs> oh, are you sure? Yep. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna throw myself right into the fucking pig vomit and just wallow around for a few hours. It'll be fun. It's just. It's just more of that. Just for the record, it is more. Fantastic! Much more I'm here. For, like, I know how the game works now. I know that literally, just you know, bump into every fucking tile. Yeah, use every explore. use every item on every single tile every time you pass by. It'll be fine. It'll be a twenty five hour experience. It's gonna be fantastic. Everybody, tune in. I'm gonna stream it too. It'll be great. John, let's stream Faerun too. Me and you. Perfect. We will stream Fair and then, and then I'll tell you then, the solutions. And you tell me the solutions when I get stuck. No, I won't, because I won't remember. I got stuck all the time playing Fair and Fair and Two. They were really hard. Oh, no. <laughs> the, uh, but but again, like I get stuck. I get miserably stuck playing Zelda. I got miserably stuck constantly playing all right, right, seasons. Fair right. is the that is the hardest kind of game for me. Is adventure game bullshit mm -hmm. and just navigating and explore just like navigation puzzles mm -hmm. um and Faerun made it palatable because it's just that here's just the only reason out everything here's the only reason Faerun pissed me off okay mostly the only reason is that i had talked to not only you but a couple other people about the game in the past um okay. so so it's not just me blaming john fire for me for making me play a bad game or something it's not that i had, I talked, I had talked to a few other people that had played it and had, and it, it had come highly recommended but the thing that came out most that through all these conversations was it's like a riff on hydlide but better and it's literally just hydlide like it, it's still the same obtuse crap yeah and hydlide rules I get what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. John, I want you to fucking place. I, I want you to I played Hydlight immediately after playing Faerun and then really liked it. Like, I had to... I looked at the guide for a couple things. I would like a to announce that I am officially leaving the Soxcast podcast <laughs> after this episode. This will be my final... Oh, this will be my I'm final... I'm coming at those hot takes that Hydlight's good. Oh, yeah. no. It's good. It's no, a good game. No, it's not. It's a nice old no, PC. It, there's nothing. There's every, it's just a cool, beautiful, tiled world that you explore. There's little puzzles, and then it's a little too grindy, and some of the puzzles get a little too obtuse, and then Faerun is a little less grindy, and a little less obtuse. I'm seeing like, other what, people. what more could you want I'm in seeing, the world? I'm seeing other people in chat say that Hydlide is good. I, th I, good. Think that, I think that our audience has somehow become John Thayer brain-poisoned over the last it's also, few years. It's also, a 19, it's also 1984. Like, that's... It, it's like, just fine compared... that that was 1984. Faerun was released in 2020. <laughs> I would like to think that maybe we could have 
skipped past a little <laughs> bit of the obtuse bullshit by this point. We could have signposted things a little more. Like, there's nothing in there that's worse than... I'm sorry. <laughs> Give me a second. I'm just, ruffling, so I'm just ruffling feathers. Of course. Like, I Don't have, worry. I'm, I have I'm not no mad, Polly. I I, of course I'm not actually mad. This is all for... We're just playing this up for the no We're just playing. <laughs> We're just playing. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done the intro yet <laughs> I'm tacking this on the open. end of the episode Because it's a little long for an intro Yeah, but it's the first game we dis- were discussing Probably just went first I'm just going to tack that on at the yeah, end makes... it's, it, it's, It'll be funnier that way <laughs>